1: He's busy going to Alabama every six months to shoot some low budget thriller with an adjective title and he plays a <laughs> he plays a demon caster.
2: Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
3: All right, everybody. Welcome to the Suncast, This is Chris Atkins, from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Oh, hey there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from MBS, Barrett Share. Hello.
1: Oh, big hello. gay owl in the house. <laughs> I don't know why. It just well, it's you gay. more. I'm yeah, sorry. It's, isn't that more
3: like uh, <laughs> like the, the the how how Seinfeld's family r- parents? That's r- true. Jerry. R- <laughs> oh, hello. hello. Hello.
2: Oh my God. Hold on. Uh, I'm sorry. Before we start, there was there was this thing on Twitter yesterday of every like a hit song from every year that Seinfeld was around set to the Seinfeld score. Mm. So it was like Tom Petty is like, so I'm free. And it's like, boom, burr, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And then they had Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. And he was like, hello. And it was like, boom, boom, <laughs> boom. And then it cut to Uncle Leo like, hello.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry. It's so good.
3: Um, It's been a while since we've ran I think. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. So <laughs> surely something's built up inside you.
0: I mean- I'm taking crazy pills. I'm as mad as hell.
3: You've never seen me
0: very upset. Lord Jesus! Lord Jesus!
1: Uh, who's the angriest? I think you are. I'm not angry, but I'm I'm something. All right, so I'm at the store the other day.
0: Mm.
1: This is yesterday, literally yesterday, and I saw a product that I want to talk to you all about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's go back in time for a second. I'm a mac and cheese guy. I like mac and cheese, and I'm simple. Well, I like it fancy, but I like it simple. Mm. I'm a, I'm a big fan of these modern microwavable single-serving cups where you peel mm. off the mm-hmm. lid mm-hmm. and you put some water into the line and you microwave it for a minute and a half or two minutes, and then you stir in the cheese and poof, you've got mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Right? All the brands make them. Mm-hmm. Kraft has them. Velveeta has them. Annie's Organic Fru-Fru has them. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? You've seen them. Cracker Barrel has them. Um... They even make now, uh, about a year ago, I started noticing twice as big. So it's like two <laughs> single servings. So nice. It's a double serving, but it's not quite as much as a whole box would make, right? And you microwave that thing for three and a half minutes, mm-hmm. stir the cheese, you've got mac and cheese. I also like to take leftover charred hot dogs from the grill, cut them up into tiny pieces, yeah. stir that shit into the mac yeah. and cheese, it's make protein. Yeah. So this new product that I see on the store shelves yesterday, as I know, I've got leftover 4th of July hot dogs in my fridge. Is shells and cheese mini. Mm. Now, this is not a mini box. This is the regular rectangular box of shells and cheese, Mm -hmm. but the shells are mini. Okay. The shells and cheese shells are already thumbnail sized. They're not exactly huge pieces of pasta. Yeah. And they're on the box in the biggest letters. It says cooks in half the time. Oh. Five minutes. Less surface area to absorb. That is exactly the science, but this is the most useless, ridiculous fucking product I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. You have cut the boil time from 10 minutes to five, Mm -hmm. but I still need 10, 15 minutes for that fucking water to boil. Correct, yeah. So you have saved me- Five minutes out of 20 or 25 minutes. And you put this on the shelf next to a version of your product that I can microwave for three and a half minutes and be done. (laughs) Who is buying shells and cheese, going Uh, home, boiling water, and going, I wish I could only boil these for five minutes instead
0: of yeah. Yeah.
1: Whose problem is this product fucking solving? (laughs) No one's. Who, who's bemoaning the 10 minutes that hasn't already migrated over to the microwavable? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's is, a good point. Who is that person? And plus, if you have a strainer, I've got two strainers. I've got a colander that has a fine mesh, and then I have one that's a strainer for yeah. it that has larger gaps. I bet you lose a lot of these mini shells. Out of I that bet thing. you
1: do. Yeah. And yeah. the point of the story is I bought the box. I ate the shell minis. Yeah. Tasted the same. Well, of course, yeah. Barely notice the five minutes. Saved. You didn't notice the five minutes. Barely noticed because no. it, it takes a fucking year to boil water, no matter what you <laughs> it's, do.
3: It's kind of <laughs> like the uh oatmeal that's instant instead of old fashioned or whatever. Like, it's in, the instant is like one and a half minutes or something like that. Yeah, and the the uh, the regular's five minutes. If you're having a cup of oatmeal or whatever, it's the same deal. You have to boil the water yeah and then you have to then you put it in for one and a half minutes and usually a lot of times in my experience i this is why i don't get this shit anymore and that's why it was available during the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> um you put it in you put it in there and the water doesn't dissolve like all the way after mm. one and a half minutes you have to still cook it longer than yep Unless, unless you know, you're, you know, I don't know, I don't know what uh, is defined as boiling for a qu- uh, Quaker O. Quaker o- <laughs> You know, then maybe, maybe I'm not b- boiling the water enough. I know that I boil it a certain way for the five minute, and the five minute works fine. So shouldn't it, it shouldn't do the same for boil the oil? half? Boil is ha- boil, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah, I don't
1: get it. That They're solving a problem that doesn't exist. There's a consumer out there that they're targeting with this product, and he is vapor. He does not exist. He's
2: already microwaving it. Or he's a mom, and
1: he's already boiling the. She's already boiling the water, and
2: five minutes ain't gonna do shit. All right, let me ask you this because I haven't experienced the individual bowls. I've okay. always gone with the box. Okay, is there a difference in quality between the bowl, individual bowls, and then making a
1: a box? Version? Only if you are sloppy with the amount of water you put in. It can can sometimes be a little runnier if you mm. put too much water in. But, but if but you I do it right, it's, I don't it's notice a quality distance. difference All right. whatsoever. All right. Yeah, you're right then. Yeah. It makes no it makes no sense to me. Somebody at, at Kraft or Velveeta was like, I've got a perfect <laughs> idea. Mm-hmm. Shells and cheese, but half the size. And you know, probably in six months, it'll be like a quarter of the size. Cooks in two and a half minutes. Eventually, it's just going to be the cheese. Yeah, then pretty, yeah, then pretty much, I'll just be buying hot mac and cheese out of a case and mm-hmm. taking it home and eating it. Mm-hmm. What
2: are your thoughts on the uh, the oven uh, mac and cheese, or, like, or not oven slash microwave like Stouffer's type of mac and cheese? Because uh, that's my go to if I don't do the box. There's one they used to sell. At Fresh
1: Market until Fresh Market died, and here it's still alive as a business, and I loved it. Yeah, and it was like uh, world's famous, or it was it was a very braggy brand name. Um, <laughs> but
0: I, but I liked it. <laughs> we the we the
1: best music. I have not had the Stouffer's mac and cheese, but I jam on the Stouffer's lasagnas all the yeah, time.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I imagine it's it's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah. good quality with that, I think, supersedes even the the box stuff. I, What's homemade I is obviously the best yeah, homemade is the best uh but you've opened my eyes to the individual cups because i always thought that was sub quality you gotta give it a try all right, mm. all
0: right.
2: Mm. i think you're probably next angriest
3: am i am i okay i don't even know what your rant is i don't
2: either <laughs> steven dorf
3: <laughs> all right i'll go next <laughs> what a fucking punk um <laughs> Every once in a while, uh, you got to rant about yourself. And I'm All not right. talking about, I, I you know, uh, I'm talking not, not uh, doing some sort of self centered, like, maybe humble brag type thing here. I'm actually going to criticize myself. Awesome. All right. Here. This pissed me off so much that I did this. You yeah. pissed yourself off. Pissed myself off. Okay. I was at a poker game on Friday.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And somebody started lamenting that regal has pepsi products now and they started talking about all this shit i remembered that uh i went into regal uh recently and saw the pepsi i saw the pepsi ads i did not go to the concession stand uh now this was uh this was a a new thing for me because i i feel like i had seen coke ads uh, you know, all the way through uh, uh, even when I watched tenant last year and everything, but I saw those Pepsi ads and this came, I watched a movie right around the time that Coke and everybody who had to, had to have opinion about George's vo- voting laws Oh anything yes. like that. <clears throat> and so I, uh, I had this, uh, I was like, Oh, regal switched over because they have this, you know, they don't want to, f- you know, they, they had a bunch of people oh. who pissed off uh, about Coca Cola and everything, so I was like, "Yeah, it's fucking typical." Regal's based in Knoxville, Tennessee. They're a Southern company. They're very conservative. Um, and so I didn't look into it or anything. I was just like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's fucking typical," and just watched my movie and whatever. Now this guy at Poker starts talking about you know, many, many months later starts talking about that. Mm. I had gotten into my head that this was the fact that regal changed over because of the coca-cola and the georgia voting rights and all that other type of stuff and i said yeah you know why right he goes he goes no he goes yeah yeah they changed over because of the coca-cola and the voting rights and all that and Mm. everybody at the table was like oh and when they did that i was like wait a minute do i know that that's true
2: Mm, (laughs) self-check yeah
3: and everybody just started talking about like yeah i guess it makes sense blah 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 i went and looked it up Mm -hmm. they switched they were at least planning on making the switch in january of 2020 oh wow wow. and um and i don't know if they actually made the switch during that year because i swear i saw coke stuff all the way anything that i saw that year which was everything leading up to march and then tenant um and then in 2021, it just looked like a magical new uh, decision that they had made. And uh, the reason why I'm pissed off about my about myself is that even though I went back and, and I looked at it and I said, "Hey guys, look, I, I fucked that up. I told the told the poker table I fucked that up. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that's what was the case." But they apparently that there was even like a Twitter thing in January where Regal said we're going to go to Pepsi January 2020 where uh, Regal said we're gonna we're gonna hang out with Pepsi from now on. Hmm. Pepsi's an, a good match for us and and uh, uh, and uh, there was a, a big Twitter up where people were like you know Coke is better. I mean it obviously is. Um and uh, and Regal long ago was a Pepsi. Uh, oh yeah, I'm about company. to
1: piggyback on when you're done. Yeah, I got a story.
3: <clears throat> um i told the table i was like yeah guys i'm wrong it's like it's like and and uh and i said i I guess i'm the fake news here (laughs) um the problem is for me even even though i've corrected the the record five seconds after i after i made the the thing there's still going to be some people who come out of that poker game thinking that was the truth Mm -hmm. and they're going to go and tell people that that's what they heard and so on and that's how shit spreads and you should get the shit right on the first thing shouldn't talk out of your ass in my in my case i was talking out of my ass but it was kind of unknowingly talking out of my ass Mm -hmm. because i had constructed that narrative out of one experience that had just come like for months and so it was like months after i was like sitting there going in my head probably just constructed this thing like oh that's what happened because the 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 time between the time the, the time between when Regal made this decision and the pandemic and then me coming back into theaters, it looked like an instant decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and so it looked like that was what it was. So mm. I always, whenever I say something and I, I I get that twinge of maybe I'm not right, go and look it up and try to make sure that you get it right try to at least reverse some of your damage that you've caused. And, uh, that's what I did. And I still feel bad about it. How long
2: was the, you you said five seconds, but was it really short term after you said this, that you looked at like right up? Yes. So yeah, you, you mitigated it as much as humanly possible, but you're right. At least one of those people would be like, I heard this. Mm -hmm. And then that person's going to tell five people and that those people are going to tell. Yeah. 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 Now, I'm about to talk on my ass. Okay. Because I have not
1: researched what I'm about to say. Okay. This is from memory. <laughs> I remember working at Hollywood 27 and switching from Coke to Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Regal, company-wide. Yep. And <clears throat> there was a new... Uh, uh, What do they call that fucking, you're going to know it, I forgot it, I'm a bad projectionist, the policy trailer. It mm-hmm. was a new policy trailer for Regal that had Pepsi products in it now mm-hmm. instead of Coke. Mm-hmm. And all of the Pepsi officials and all of the Regal officials flew to Nashville to go to Hollywood 27 while it was closed to the public and walk all the way down to one of the big auditoriums, I think it was 16, and watch this new policy trailer together. The
3: fuck? with 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 now Coke products on it.
1: well no that's what i'm saying is my memory is that we were switching from coke to pepsi and that sometime after i left regal they went back to coke and now they're back and now they've gone back when i first
3: got to hollywood 27 in 99 which was may of 99 right they were serving pepsi so this must have been right before that must have been yeah because because they were on pepsi for a while the
1: female general manager who i won't name was absolutely obsessed with getting a red carpet She had half (laughs) of the management staff calling all over town looking for a goddamn red carpet to roll out for the Pepsi people. Mm -hmm. No one asked her to do this shit. Mm Mm-hmm. This was her trying to kiss ass on Pepsi people. Is
2: the, is it because the twenty seven was their marquee, literally at marquee the, theater? at the time? Yeah, okay.
1: it was. It was the biggest one they had and okay. the biggest showpiece closest to Knoxville or whatever. What is a, what a fucking dumb thing to do? Let's all get together and watch a thirty second ad for our product. It was shorts, yeah, right? Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> I mean, it might have been sixty seconds, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah. But I also remember being told by uh, the district manager, who I won't name, um. That it almost always just boils down to whoever's willing to pay them the most because mm. the way the soft drinks work at least twenty years ago is uh, Pepsi is paying they like basically giving the the soft drinks for free mm-hmm. to the theater and then paying them on top of it a r- royalty for
2: it's all advertising um, they don't well hold on Pepsi doesn't get a cut of the revenue from the concessions no. No shit. Pepsi's doing this
1: to be seen at every regal so that more people will buy a Pepsi.
2: Interesting.
1: And it's just that's why every 10, 15 years it switches back is that somebody has a better cuts them a better deal this is what i was told oh, that's fascinating. by the district manager who may have been talking out of his ass <laughs> <me>. <laughs> he it's literally he yeah. literally <laughs> pointed at the bag in a box which we called the bibs and said we get paid three or four dollars for every single one of those that we sell wow and that was my understanding of how the soft drinks work which is why i told everybody in my life like that is the biggest ripoff in in the whole world mm-hmm. because if you buy a soft drink at the movie theater you're just you're
2: making everybody rich you're making that theater it's, double rich. Well, yeah, and I guess you're... They're not making, paying anything for it. You're making Pepsi rich by just investing in their... It's it's like naming
1: rights it. on a stadium. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah There's a yeah, reason yeah. companies pay a billion dollars to name a football stick, because it's going to be on TV all the time. It's going to be in the newspaper all the time, and it's just repetition, repetition, repetition. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a weird model, not to, though. Not to mention yeah. that like, soft drinks, even if, even if you were paying for them, it's like a third of a penny to fill a whole glass with
2: sugared soda it's right like one of the most in- inexpensive products to make in all of america and i think i remember you saying that the concession that's how the theaters make money the chains
3: make yes. money right Is on concessions yep. almost
2: all concessions yeah. because uh box office what is it 80 to 90 percent it goes starts to the studio pretty,
3: it tilted towards the studios and then moves its way towards being more favorable to the owner theater owners but it uh, hardly ever a movie that's going to be Man, that's that Titanic.
1: Kind of, that's why theater owners love them. Some fucking Titanic, because that shit made forty million dollars a weekend for like seven months, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what
2: a what a crazy model this whole business
1: well, is.
3: And I also think about uh, like back in the day, uh, like warring with customers. This didn't happen all the time, but warring with customers about wanting to take free cups right. off of our uh, of our sin, like and it's like those are worth the company however much we're charging for them even though they're i remember that <laughs> even though they are five cents to make or whatever yeah and and i remember how many times i got into issues with people customers and and employees over stuff like this where like i remember uh being like just becoming a manager at my old theater williamson square and like some concession girl comes to me and says Somebody came up and just took two. We used to have our cups just lined up yeah, in, yeah. in front to, somebody just came up and took two cups from my thing to, from my thing. And I was like, I just let them go. I said, you got, it. you can't let them do that. Yeah. And I'm sitting here now standing back from afar going, we're just doing a lot of dirty work for some people who, you know, like that doesn't mean anything to them. It, like they say it's, Oh, this, these two cups, that's $4 and 50 cents or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, but really it's not. And, uh, and just remember telling her that she had to go back and get those cups from these customers, which that's going to be a lot of grief. I remember her coming back and throwing the cups down the cu- <laughs> on the ground on your cups, crying. <laughs> poor,
2: poor ladies were um, making just, like five dollars an hour at yeah, that point, She's and, gonna and, and at
3: this. the time you're like, "Yeah, man, I fuck you. You got your cups back." Well, now, you, now, twenty years later, you're like. <sighs> <laughs> that was that that's us doing dirty work from people far richer than us yeah, yeah dude
1: and, and it gets even worse than that because when i when i became a gm <clears throat> uh, your bonus is impacted by the inventory as a gm so <clears throat> you know and of course the bonus structure is now like google's algorithm in terms of all these different factors with your payroll and, and blah. i barely made a bonus ever but if we were missing one sleeve of cups a hundred cups that just got misplaced or thrown away I would get a bonus. Oh shit! That could be that could be a few thousand dollars to me because some paper went missing, and mm-hmm. that's uh, just because that's the way the company chooses to do its ch- company chooses to do its accounting. They don't count the soft drink as the inventory product. They count yeah. the cup itself. It's the same with popcorn. They don't count the seed right. and the yeah, salt. Yeah, yeah. They count the tub and the bag. So if you lose a paper popcorn bag, that's three fifty. Yeah. yeah, it's really messed up
3: yeah interesting
1: then you get employees stealing and yeah yeah managers making less than your box office employees and negative (laughs) bonus kicks in yeah you won't be paid this month you were missing too many cups yeah
3: (laughs) jesus christ
2: all right yesterday as we record this this interesting story to me it came out of all people Mm -hmm. steven dorf Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of probably most notably blade fame uh also for me personally he was in the uh the Aerosmiths crying video with Alicia Silverstone. <laughs>
1: SFW. I know you like that movie.
2: What movie? Oh, you like SLC Punk not SFW.
1: He's in SFW. No, yeah, I don't like SFW. <laughs> uh
2: he was in Cecil B Demented uh John Waters movie from the mid 90s probably, 96, 97. So. He's a chop. Okay it was also in sofia's Coppola's somewhere Sophia's coppola sofia's coppola Sophia somewhere Iron? a movie that i loathed um but you know he's he's hit or miss he's a great looking guy good actor um was fine in blade i thought he was a good villain in blade was a e-cigarette spokesman for a while if
3: you remember that's that right, i always right. get him confused with brad doroff
2: Oh, oh yeah.
3: Not not because they look the same. Right. Just the <laughs> names. <laughs> I get him conf- confused
1: with Dorf on
2: Golf.
3: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, the Tim Conway.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, Steven Dorf, the legendary Steven Dorf, uh, decided to come out. He's got a new movie to uh promote called uh, Embattled.
0: And you know, alright,
2: good for him. Yeah, he's doing interviews, he's doing press and stuff like that. And uh he go he goes off on marvel specifically comic book movies kind of overall uh but the mcu kind of specifically black and then widow. even more specifically scarlett johansson and he doesn't go off on scarlett johansson about black widow uh he says the if i'm remembering correctly uh he says that the the the, the whole series looks like a video game a bad video game and that uh he feels embarrassed for Scarlett Johansson, right? Who's also worked with Sofia hey. Coppola. I refuse to believe Stephen Dorff even knows what it is to be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he he goes off on this and says, you know, it's it's garbage. He he intentionally makes movies that he thinks are going to be good to great. That they're going to be art. He would rather go to Cannes than he would go to a big Hollywood premiere. Now remember, this is a guy that has been in Blade,
0: mm-hmm. and Aerosmith
2: whatever, videos, and Aerosmith videos. Uh, but he's all about artistic integrity. He wants the art to be forward. And he's embarrassed by these people that are in this garbage. I find this fascinating because not the, everybody's, everybody has their own opinion. That's fine. You know, uh, Scorsese got in trouble uh, fairly recently for calling it not cinema. Uh, anybody really that speaks out against the MCU or DCEU, as we've seen, uh, with any heft in the industry, are excoriated most of the time. Um, specifically the MCU, because, you know, it, the MCU has been much more successful than, than DC. Uh, and so, while I think, I, I always appreciate, like that Sharon Stone interview that came out about Meryl Streep, where she's like, mm-hmm. Meryl, Meryl, Meryl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about Meryl. There's all kinds of good, we talked about it before. There's all kinds of great actresses. I like my celebs to be candid. Go on the record, Take a take a swing. this particular one was such a miss (laughs) that it's it's baffling to me Mm -hmm. that a he thinks this i think that's a little weird it's not garbage there's some good stuff in there uh but b that he would just keep on and on and on about it and c this is steven fucking dorf this is not matt damon Mm -hmm. this is not keanu reeves this is not George Clooney or Meryl Streep it's fucking Stephen Dorff and I find it fascinating and kind of abhorrent at the same time like uh, I think there was something about a lot of these
1: 90s near heartthrob guys and somehow Ethan Hawke escaped that sure with did a, with a soul sure did but there was something about 90s heartthrob actors They all just got up their own ass. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, like, like Stephen Dorff is, he's not going to hear this, and if he wants to challenge me to a fight, so be it. (laughs) I I don't want to name a bunch of other actors who are up their own ass and just make this a name-calling fest. Mm. But this feels very much like what a lot of 90s indie actors who never got an Oscar, like, you know what? Serenity. Now, I just feel like he has such a high opinion of himself to be able to speak like this, and maybe people hear me talk, and hear me dismiss something, and see the same thing in me. I certainly hope not. To to, to believe
2: yourself above all of this—that's my deal—is the hubris, right? Is like it's not only that he's disparaging this; it's that I'm but looking saying, down on it. I do this. I better. alone can see this. And Scarlett Johansson? Yeah.
1: Her resume is fucking stacked, dude. With great performances. (laughs) With great directors. That's right. Why are you implicating... It's just, it's really tone deaf. It just shows, I think, how far removed he is from current Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Probably because he's busy going to Alabama every six months to shoot some low-budget thriller with an adjective title. And he plays a... (laughs) He plays a demon caster. Just whatever it is he's doing is shit. Look at his fucking IMDb. That's why I tweeted what I did the other day. The fucking nerve of this guy. Adjective
3: title. Blow dry. Blow dry.
0: (laughs) Heat stroke. Actually, there are a lot of that. (laughs) there are i looked
2: at it yesterday the motel
0: (laughs) i
3: um yeah i get the sense that that this is just inevitable as you talk to more and more actors like how many how many how many actors directors everybody in the world is doing some sort of press for some sort of small movie Mm -hmm. and whatever and one out of a hundred thousand of those ends up touching a nerve of some sort on some actor out of the fucking blue hmm. and they have opinions and then they just go off on this thing that's like just doesn't this is not your place really to be talking about this type of stuff i mean it, it's 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 no some more surprising to me that it's steven dorf that it would be any other actor out yeah. there you know i mean it just it i feel like it's a non-issue let him go uh, go about his i mean who cares that's why i thought i
2: found it so fascinating that it was this guy who
3: arguably had you know i mean he was in
2: he was in a, a most recent one that i remember him being in besides somewhere was uh public enemies uh, the bale mm. uh depp thing mm. and that talk about heartthrobs man Christian bale johnny depp and steven torf He's <laughs> in that <movie>. i know <laughs> but uh no i just thought it was a weird convergence of stories um and the fact that he went so far off now it could have been any number of factors he could have run through the gamut of press and this was the last one at five thirty on a friday or something like that and everybody's asked him the same thing and he finally just went off just because he was going to go mm. off uh but also it, he just kept kept at what? it and and the fact that he was he was saying no what you were saying? No, I'm above this because I've got I've got bigger plans just, and higher, loftier ambitions. Just from
3: a human standpoint, if you don't like something like that, just just say it's not my cup of tea yeah. and move on. Yeah,
1: yeah. You don't have to say. I, I think you're exactly right. That, he he could have simply said those those movies aren't my thing, but he went beyond that to say I'm actually embarrassed right. for people who are in them, <laughs> like like your embarrassment is some kind of like currency you fucking yeah,
2: somebody's exactly. somebody's
3: gonna be fretting over like oh god steven mm-hmm. dorf is embarrassed like fuck we were we were doing fine <laughs> until steven dorf didn't give us his blessing
2: there's gonna be like 0.1 of the box office that's shaved off of black widow mm-hmm. because of the steven dorf contention yeah
3: it's like uh, disney sees their like the returns coming in for black widow and they're like well we would have made three hundred and fifty thousand dollars more if it wasn't for the Steven Dorff
1: factor. The interesting thing to me though is cuz I feel like this is not the first time this kind of thing has happened. I think I think that podcasts have a way of lowering people's guard and they're new enough that a Steven Dorff doesn't go into a podcast thinking it's a print interview. He doesn't go into it thinking, this is the Tonight Show. I've got to watch what I'm so – after five minutes of conversation, he's just being himself. You guys have talked to enough directors. Oh, for sure. And yeah. told me after, what a cool person that guy is. And he told us this story about this. And, and we've interviewed a few people who have told us stories they begged us not to put on the air. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you just start to realize how some of these people kind of get trapped almost. Like you said, maybe it was the end of the day. Yeah. But this is not the first time somebody has guested on a podcast, somebody famous, and said something that got turned into a viral. Oh, my God, this person said this about this. Can you believe it? And I think as we go forward, that'll wane and people will start to see podcast interviews as more of a professional. I got to watch what I say. I gotta yeah, be really and I,
2: like I said, I want people to be candid. I want to hear stories like that. Yeah. It's just the level that he went into. We've already talked about this too much. I'm sorry. But it was just the, the amount of of arrogance and disparagement was so fascinating or the idea
1: you. that after 21 films and 70 billion dollars of earnings like bad video game movies are somehow <laughs> bad mm-hmm. like those like the mcu is not it's nothing you don't want to it's be, part of, you don't want to be part of that nope, success nope, machine no nope, nope.
2: nope
3: just like anything in this world that uh, everybody does entertainment wise or whatever everything's got a niche everything's got a thing an audience that you can find that's the reason why those movies are made yeah. and it just so happens those movies appeal to lots of people mm-hmm. uh you know there are youtube channels like us that appeal to uh, a wide swath of people but not like as much as it appeals to like people who like pewdiepie or something like that right mm-hmm. you know so so everybody's got their audience this is how they uh attract that audience and they continue to go for that audience it's, to go out against it as much as you are. It's almost like you're trying to uh, bring it down by yourself. That could be.
2: Yeah. I mean, that could be part of his thing. Like I'm going to try to use this poll quote to boost my visibility. And he did arguably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and, and <laughs> it sounds very ironic because I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm disparaging Stephen Dorf by telling this story, but I found it more fascinating than like, you know, boy, this guy's a dick,
1: yeah, well, he had not said anything, and we just brought him up. I mean he's not a bad actor,
2: no, no, like uh, I said, he's good in blade he's he gets his ass kicked by Alicia silverstone and <laughs> I
1: it's not Crying like it's not like Rodney Dangerfield is out here going. I don't like those MC-. well That's my Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, <laughs> that
0: is great. That is super. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, I was
3: watching that Iron Man. <laughs> I, I give it no respect. No respect. <laughs> we just
2: alienated like half of our audience.
3: Yes, <laughs> the fuck all, is Rodney all, Dangerfield? Yeah, all of those Rodney Dangerfield fans <laughs> that listen to us. <laughs> People are out there googling. Who the fuck <laughs> <is Rodney>? Yeah. <laughs> um all right uh do we have any recommends and warns totes balls. they're great it
1: hey. won the academy award oh for what For best movie ever made Ooh, i gotta recommend it's not a movie i'm gonna jump in i'm gonna recommend a subreddit it's called praise the cameraman now okay. uh reddit is a website that calls itself the front page of the internet it's a good mm-hmm. place to go and then browse subreddits by topic. Everything from, I mean, everything. There's a Nashville subreddit I go to every day. There's a CinemaSyn subreddit I go to every day. Uh, there's a teenager subreddit, which is kind of hysterical to read because it's a bunch of 14 year olds asking how to talk to girls. Uh, oh, that's an hilarious. Atheism subreddit. <laughs> there's all, any subreddit you could think of. It exists. A, a subculture community within Reddit. Um, I've talked about a few subreddits before that are fun. I think I talked about. Um, Today I learned in one of the first episodes of the podcast ever, TIL. This one's called Praise the Cameraman, and it's just basically full of video and sometimes still shots where you can't fathom how the cameraman was able to keep everything in the shot. Hmm. So not just gorgeous photography, so that the first one I watched was an eagle flying in the air, and the cameras focused on this eagle close up. For like 30 seconds of flight, and then boom, the eagle grabs another bird that just came into the frame and takes off out of frame with his prey. Huh. I couldn't catch a still shot of that shit if I had a telephoto lens, but this cameraman, it's like the golf cameraman who can catch the ball. And yeah, that's insane. The second one I watched was a guy skydiving. Three three guys skydiving. Two of them collide and bonk heads, and one of them is passed out. The third guy has a fucking helmet cam on and Mission Impossible swims through the no. air to the unconscious guy and Hug grabs him and pulls his own shoot and saves his fucking life. Wow. And it's all caught on camera. So this is not
2: movie photography no. necessarily. No. It's just, it's... Now,
1: it's there are some s- examples of that, but those seem to get pushed out. Okay. The, 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 the subreddit mods, I couldn't remember their title, uh, seem very focused here. Like, I saw one that was a very cool photograph that used shadow to make it look like we were looking at two different dimensions, but it was one hallway and they deleted it because this is, this doesn't meet our standards. Hmm. Um, This is just a still shot of a cool looking thing. and There needs to be some miraculous work behind the camera for this to have been captured Hmm. before it meets the credentials of this. Hmm. Um, And uh, I think you would highly enjoy it. I spent a good
2: two hours. This is, this is so up my alley. It's, it's yeah, yeah, I'm all over it. So the subreddit is, praise the cameraman. Yeah, obviously for us who are woke, social justice camera warriors, person. Camera person should be used. Mm. Yes, but that's the subreddit
0: name. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, uh, this subreddit is not very woke apparently. Um, <laughs> but um, what Reddit? <laughs> yeah, praise the cam- Reddit dot com slash r
2: slash praise the camera
3: and that man. might be a thing that i look at later today absolutely
2: yeah. i I follow an account called next fucking level
3: yes they have a subreddit for that
2: yeah and it's just the most amazing and it is appropriately named because like there'll be a shot of a dude doing a flip in parkour or something like that and you'll be like, ah, it's pretty good. But the next fucking level is that he's on the side of a cliff or something like. That. Mm-hmm.
1: There's also <laughs> like, uh, ah, Jesus nature Christ. is fucking
0: lit is yeah, one of my yeah. favorite yeah, subreddits yeah. too. It's, I it's can awesome. get
2: lost in that show. I'm telling I can you, get man. absolutely. That's why. Lost. why I'm, that's
1: why I'm not not even sharing a movie. Recommending a subreddit? Yeah, do it. You, do it. Yeah. you can spend two hours like you would you in go. a movie. That's on movie this. length.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna recommend a documentary that you can find on Hulu. I also think that you can see this in theaters. There's probably a couple other places that you can see this. It's called Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. I cannot not
2: to see this.
3: Black Woodstock basically. Yeah. And uh it's a the uh, Harlem it's the Harlem was it? It's it's not Harlem Music Festival. It's Harlem Something Festival. I yeah, can't remember what yeah, yeah. it is. Anyway, uh there were, every weekend there were acts coming from uh different uh uh, genres of music like gospel and, and uh, r&b and things like that uh coming to this place in harlem in harlem park and uh
2: harlem cultural festival
3: harlem sorry. cultural festival that's what it is uh musical acts include stevie wonder no oh. nina simone oh uh a sly in the family stone oh which
2: was what is this 69
3: 69 yeah so this Same is summer. in his fucking heyday dude, dude they they lean into sly and the family stone in yeah, this dude. in this and he's such a great performer um it uh it goes through the political realities going on in 1969 what a weird decade that was all these different things that were that were converging into uh this festival now the story behind the movie is they shot this all this footage and it stayed in somebody's basement for 50 years they Jesus couldn't sell Christ. it they couldn't sell it could not find a buyer for this uh for this festival um i you watch this in fascination at seeing 19 year old stevie wonder and and Jesus. in their prime sly and the family stone and and uh, you know nina simone who who rounds this show out just just you oh. can't you oh can't tear God. your eyes away from nina simone you can't tear nope. your eyes um and and so you you, you sit there and listen but you also i'm like how many things have been shot and are in some basement right now that have that have worlds of of information and entertainment uh involved there's just in somebody's basement like how and this this film was very well preserved i mean they it's nice i mean it's very clean image that they have on this Hmm. um can you
2: imagine so uh Questlove, amir thompson directed this Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. can you imagine his eyes when he first saw this oh yeah because i mean he's he's a music connoisseur and and a genius uh wrote several books obviously an amazing musician uh but he probably when he saw this his jaw probably was on the floor
3: yeah and he's there's scenes where he's showing this footage to the people who are still alive today oh yeah and people who were there and everything like that but but they're they're just like they you know they're just as stunned as you are seeing this footage
1: this reminds uh, me of that apollo documentary where all that footage was just sitting in the basement at nasa somebody (laughs) stumbled across it and it's like pristine hell some woman in england just found a one of the 200 copies of the declaration of independence in her attic (laughs) like i didn't hear that that's crazy i mean this kind of shit makes me want to go digging around the basement in the attic do yeah some, course, do I some
2: national treasure i don't have a basement we're gonna steal the declaration of Independence. yeah 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 <laughs> One of the copies <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's not the original they made they made like 200 copies back in the day by hand right yeah, 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 well, yeah. i think when they well they didn't have copy machines yeah, yeah. um did they
2: <laughs> i don't think ben franklin had chris what year was xerox <laughs> born i'm just kidding <laughs> i cannot wait to this see sounds this. Fascinating. this this is uh this is also so right up my alley. gladys knight and the pips are yep, in yep get apparently. to see that
3: too the Herds doing a herd it through the grapevine and oh, um mm. uh, even
2: stevie wonder you think of 19 year old stevie wonder you're like ah oh, that's before songs of the keys of life and it's it's probably you know or, Stevie Wonder's been fucking killing it since he was, I think, nine years old. Yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. around it was little they showed, Stevie Wonder. They showed
3: like some pieces of like he had done this, and they showed like like I mean, it had to have been seven, eight, nine years old. Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder pictures of him doing recordings and stuff like that, uh, while the the his performance on the stage is going on. <laughs> nice, and uh, and uh, and it's like, yeah, I, I I don't think I realized that he had been doing it that long. Oh yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and he's still he's still. As good as he was back in 1975, I think mm-hmm. his voice his voice is still as good. I
3: think mm-hmm. uh, I he, he and it's funny too, where it, I think he's at a he's at a sort of a moment in his life where he's either going to be famous or if he or he's just going to tail off mm-hmm. and, and and whatever. And uh, and he says something like I, I I don't want I never wanted to be driven by fear I always wanted to do the things I wanted to do and everything and 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 him being Stevie Wonder he's like and I was gonna do it I didn't give a four letter word
2: <laughs> <laughs> what that guy what a fucking national treasure that's gonna go he's gonna speaking go down speaking like of he is greatest.
1: speaking of Hulu I was reminded by Dicer after last week's episode that Parasite. The movie I was bemoaning I couldn't find on any of the movie channels is on Hulu. Mm. So any listeners out there last week were like, "I want to see Parasite 2, You can go to Hulu.
3: I will tell you also that uh, I had a rant a few, maybe a couple months ago about how it's just so hard to find uh, where something is streaming. Yeah, right. and two apps uh, were recommended to me, and they've been they've worked very well. Hmm. Uh, one is called Just Watch. Another is called Real Good. I use the Real Good app more often than I use the Just Watch, but Real Good I can type any movie, whatever, and it, it knows what you ha- what your streaming services are after you enter them in. Oh, nice! And it says, uh, "Yeah, you, it's no none of the streaming services that you have have this movie, or yeah, you can watch this on Apple TV or whatever." And it's been great. I was since.
1: also reminded after that episode that we did an ad for a service that does this, like, likewise. Yeah, like three years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yeah i just don't i i at the time we were doing likewise though i thought that was more about um stuff we suggesting li- yeah stuff yeah. we liked that we were suggesting to other people yeah, yeah and i think that was day. an yeah, element yeah. of it yeah,
2: yeah, yeah for yeah. sure but but it, it does other things like the, <laughs> it does other wizard. things.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm gonna make mine real short because this is a, a movie we've talked about before i've gone back and watched it for the first time in probably 15 years uh boogie nights mm-hmm. um,
3: boogie nights
2: i forget how brilliant this fucking
3: movie mm-hmm. is
2: you know this is still at the beginning of paul thomas anderson's career second movie. um yeah second movie after heart eight yep. mm-hmm. um, and before is magnum opus you, you there will be blood and the master and even punch drunk love you could say uh, but you see everything. You see everything that he can do in this movie. I remember the long shot of the uh, of the party going mm-hmm. through, and and you know all the introductions and everything like, like that,
1: expert level.
2: But that's that's one of m- maybe six yeah. shots that are almost that length. Like we praise, rightfully so, Children of Men uh, for Alfonso Coron having those three one shot, three instances of one shots that really. Center of the movie, uh, but Boogie Nights has what seems like a million of them. It's it's like the whole thing is like just kind every of every time
1: they're at Burt Reynolds' house for any kind of a gathering, there's a walk through the house one shot. Uh, maybe exaggerating even the number no no of no times. even at
2: the very end. Where he goes in yeah. and he meets Dirk, and then he comes back over. Actually, he doesn't meet Dirk. He, he he checks in with the camera crew, and then he goes back around, and then he he uh, checks in with Julianne Moore, and then he finally gets to uh, Mark Wahlberg. This movie, and, and I'm glad you mentioned Burt Reynolds because uh, he's he's the best part of the movie. He's mm. uh, besides the direction and the 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 camera work, Burt Reynolds is absolutely the heart and soul of that movie. He is as understated as he I think I've ever seen him. The only time he loses his temper is when Dirk tries to take over like, the mm-hmm. production. He's like, I'm ready to fuck. I'm ready to mm-hmm. fuck. I'm going to go right now. And I'm a dick's heart, I'm ready to fuck. And he's like, no, no, no. And he's still trying to calm the situation down. And then he just loses it. And he's like, fuck you, man. I quit. You're, you're fired. Mm-hmm. And then, god damn. We've, we have talked at length about Mark Wahlberg's acting. And I still cannot figure it out even after all this time, but the time where he comes after the, the whole incident in Alfred Molina's house and everything, and he comes back and he's emaciated, especially for Mark Wahlberg, and he doesn't even say, he's just like, you know, I, I, he doesn't even say I'm sorry by saying I'm sorry, he just kind of stammers over his words, and you don't know what, uh, what Burt Reynolds' character is going to do and then he just walks over and hugs him. Mm-hmm. And then he just devolves into this thing. That scene has every bit as much weight, for, especially for a porno movie, uh, that something like Goodwill Hunting, the end of that, has. It's, it's a father figure forgiving his son. Then you got that scene where Mark Wahlberg is arguing with his mom. And he's like, why are you doing this? Why are you acting like this to me? And he's not being antagonistic to her. He's just like, stop it. I don't, don't rip my posters off the wall. God damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah go back and watch this movie if you're like me and what 98 97 97, 97. It, it, you know i'm a paul thomas anderson uh super fan and i love the master probably most there will be blood then punch drunk love but i forgot how excellent boogie nights is and it may have shot back to the top has anybody been in more pt
1: anderson movies than seymour hoffman
2: louis guzman
3: I don't know.
1: He's in Punch Drunk Love. He's Seymour in- Hoffman is in Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, and The Master.
3: And he's in Hard Eight.
1: And Hard Eight.
3: He plays a he plays a real like um, asshole um, craps player. So it's got to
1: be him then, right? Maybe John C. Riley. He's in Hard Baker 8. Hall's
3: in a lot. Um,
1: Both he and John C. Riley are in the first three.
3: Yeah. Uh, he and he sort of started getting away from his usual cast once we- he started making the big yeah uh, elevated he, movies but I'm i think gonna, philip seymour hoffman's probably right probably. and then
2: phantom thread didn't really have any of his regulars right
1: no
3: just
2: day J day lewis who's only a regular because of there
1: will be blood yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: that guy that i'm gonna watch anything anything he puts out and buggy nights just absolutely I don't think nothing will ever me. top the scene
1: when amy adams jerks off seymour hoffman into that's true. true
0: he's like ah
3: <laughs> and she's like come for me no more hooch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, it's time to talk about better help. Better BetterHelp!
2: Listen, guys, it's, uh, it's summer. I don't know if you noticed. A lot of people are hot in the U.S. A lot mm-hmm. of people... You know, what, you know what happens when people get hot? When I used to live in Chicago, when the, the heat would go up, crime, anger, confrontations, stuff like that, man. People just get, get, get kind of anxious when it gets too hot out, right? Uh, if you're feeling... Not maybe because of the weather, uh, but just because of multiple uh, issues in your life that you've got, you know, excessive worry, excessive sadness, uh, excessive issues with your partner or friends or family, that kind of thing, uh, substance issues. Go to BetterHelp, man. BetterHelp is online professional counseling that you can do from your own home. So right now I'm looking at a computer. And if I were so inclined, I could schedule a session right here in the middle of the podcast (laughs) and do it right here Mm -hmm. while Jeremy and Chris listen. Mm -hmm. And I would be fine with that. I don't think they would be fine with that, but I would be fine with that. Um, All from the comfort of your own computer, tablet, phone. Uh, It's online professional counseling. Uh, You can set up your appointments on there in your counseling room. You can communicate with your counselor. You can set up video chats or text chats. It is fantastic. BetterHelp has really done a lot for us, for me, and for a lot of our listeners. I want to talk for a
1: second to people who have done therapy. Mm -hmm. Please talk about it.
2: Oh, yeah. To your friends, to your
1: family, on your podcast. There is nothing shameful about it, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to get into the private Issues of your therapy to simply mention to people you know that therapy has helped you. I had a friend tell me this week that their 16-year-old kid asked if they could do therapy because they have questions about their identity and they want to explore it. Oh, my God. That's awesome. And I said to this friend, the fact that you have raised this child, to know that it's okay to do therapy and it's okay to ask you about it at 16 mm-hmm. tells me you have done a phenomenal job as a parent. Yep. But that's what comes from destigmatizing therapy and talking about it, like we do. We get messages regularly from fans who say, "I was skeptical. I didn't do it for months. I finally pulled the trigger, and I feel a little better." And it, it ah, talk about it. Tell people about it. Spread the word. Uh, and tell people how easy BetterHelp is. You don't. It's the. It is the least scary way to do therapy if it's your first time.
2: That's that's a really good point, actually. Uh, you know, there, I, I went through a lot of issues to try to get into therapy, and I just, you know, whether it was the time, effort, scheduling, insurance, all that stuff, all that stuff is intimidating. Going to the office, yep. meeting a new person, starting fresh. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff is mitigated with BetterHelp. All you do is log in to BetterHelp.com. Go to BetterHelp.com SYNCAST and log in. Just answer a few questions. Um, and then you get matched with a counselor that meets your needs that you've stated uh, within 24 hours. If you don't vibe with that counselor, if that if you feel like it's not working after a period of time, you can switch counselors at any time, no judgment, no cost, no anything like that. Uh, it's fantastic. Go to BetterHelp.com SYNCAST. Least scary way to start counseling, as Jeremy said. Uh, I totally agree. BetterHelp.com SYNCAST.
3: All right, let's just do the questions.
2: All right, we've got a bunch of them.
0: Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth.
2: I am listening. Now here's a question. Mm-hmm. Interesting mm-hmm. way to lead off. Mm-hmm. I was watching The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen mm-hmm. last night for the first time. It was leaving Amazon Prime, and I figured, why not? (laughs) Understandable. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I enjoyed it, but couldn't stop thinking this would have made a really good anime. I know there are tons of adaptations that would have been better suited as a miniseries, but outside of those, what stories do you think would have been better told if they weren't a movie, but a different medium instead? Gotta say, love you for writing in. Love you for enjoying League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but Mm -hmm. man that movie's balls. I can't get there on that movie <laughs> um
3: I had always said even though I enjoy the movie Barbershop, that it would have been a better TV series then they did actually make it in a TV series in 2005 uh, that only lasted 10 episodes
2: was cube in that
3: he produced it
2: okay he wasn't he wasn't the the guy
3: okay. no um the the reasoning for me that barbershop would make a better TV series is especially... conversations they have in the barbershop and cedric the entertainer stuff where you know he goes off the deep end a couple times but like um uh in a tv show you have the the ability to keep that current year after year after year more different kinds of discussions uh and uh political talk and 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 things of that nature um and uh and just the the movie barbershop in in and of itself is uh, very episodic Mm -hmm. uh, you know there's there's a there is a main story arc going on in that movie but for the most part your enjoyment of barbershop is them in the shop talking absolutely and uh and i think that works better as a tv series i love the movie i just think it works better as a tv series and um and that way you can just like every year you've got new things to to put in there they did this reality thing uh, a couple of years ago the shop with lebron james i was gonna
2: ask you about that
3: what did you ever watch it? i never watched i saw i saw uh, uh snippets of it. it was it was
2: good uh, he had good people he had thoughtful people i think he had obama
3: on there one time he may have
2: yeah. um and it was it was interesting, you know. Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, and Lil Nas X were on at the same time, and that was interesting because Nas had just come out. Um, Kevin Hart hates gay people. <laughs> I'm being they, sarcastic, right? Right? right. I'm being no, no, sarcastic. no, no, no. It's it's interesting because they got into that. He was like, you know, but they had a civil conversation about it, which is the function of a barber shop, right? Mm-hmm. But you're right that they could tackle issues like that in a scripted way that i think would land better Mm -hmm. and you're absolutely right Uh,
3: i never saw that i never saw that 10 episode series it has a 5.9 on the imdb but it's got one of those weird things where like it's a 5.9 for the series but then you look at individual episodes and it's like nine point how in the the world does that happen? um but um but yeah Another one that I thought of, and this might be just completely random shit that went through my head, but Primer might have been better as a book.
2: <laughs> oh, interesting. Wow. Interesting.
1: Wow.
3: Um,
2: <laughs>
3: Primer has its you know huge cult following at this point. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's so huge that when I first watched Primer, it had a 5.9, 6.0 on the IMDb. Really? And now it's at a six point nine.
0: Oh, nice. Uh,
3: the uh, the movie is fine. It, I I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and change history or anything. <laughs> it's just that uh, the book, a book, would be much better for me because then I would be able to read over how all this works a lot better, and I wouldn't have to be you know, wouldn't have to feel, uh, I don't know, uh, held hostage by the movie having to move forward, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas in a book, I can sit there and go, okay, I think I get this and everything. And it would, it, I think it would be a better story and better, better presented through as a book. So
2: maybe yeah. random. This is a very weird leap between movies, but it's almost like Ready Player One, right? Mm-hmm. Where the book was able to marinate in... The idiosyncrasy, uh, idiosyncrasy, tips and the minutia of, <laughs> you know, a word just kind of just done- doesn't not get there, uh. But yeah, it-, it dwells on the minutia and the nerd stuff to where like you understand what this guy's motivation and stuff like that with the movie it had to move forward it had to be an action movie it had to be exciting mm-hmm. uh and it, and it lost all of its luster for me mm-hmm. so yeah no i i i have not seen primer yet but um seeing what i've seen and i've read the crazy wikipedia entry mm-hmm. um I, I think i would enjoy that too yeah if mm-hmm. you could go back and remind yourself oh this is how that
1: works mm-hmm. you uh i'm an uh, 80s and 90s kid I, really? I watched a lot of cartoons growing up. Y'all ever remember that Mr. T cartoon?
2: I do. Mr. T. So he remembers it quite well, apparently. I don't know, the whole thing. Mask was another one. G.I. Joe. Mask, the Eric Stoltz one?
1: No, Mask, the G.I. Joe knockoff, mm. where they had different vehicles.
2: M-A-S-K?
1: Yes, but with periods. Yes, yes. I do remember that. So... <clears throat> this is going to sound very weird coming out of my mouth but I would love to see the Fast and Furious movies as a late 80s early 90s action cartoon Mm. I honestly think it is much better suited for G.I. Joe cartoon action than for live action Mm. you don't have to lose any of the family Mm. you probably have to lose the corona alcohol (laughs) doesn't work so well on Saturday (laughs) mornings it's (laughs) lemonade Yeah, yeah yeah but Every episode, there's a sudden new Toretto brother that works well in a cartoon mm-hmm. uh, action where people are just car drivers, but they never die because they're Superman. That works really well. These movies are cartoons anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just would work perfectly. I think I would. That's the best way for me to like Fast and Furious franchise is if you turned it into a 90s cartoon, um and then I think I would actually legitimately
2: love it. But not now okay so before you get comments on twitter and all that stuff uh it's not 90s obviously uh but there is an animated uh series for fast and furious called spy racers on netflix my uh my son watches it and it's about dom toretto's little nephew brother tony toretto and my kid adores it nice job telling me that before i did my whole thing I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but it, what you're saying though is a Mr. T style, yeah. animation, yeah. and this is obviously CG and like new stuff and everything. No, I want that old hand drawn. Yeah, yeah, but but the the the
1: plot of the Fast and Furious movies feels like those old. I agree. I agree. Mr. I agree. T or yeah, yeah. GI Joe or, Episodic. or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impossible. Yeah. So the world's going to blow up every week, yeah. and we save the day with the submarine that goes to space. I mean, it just works better. <laughs> submarine <laughs> that goes to <laughs> as space as a cartoon <laughs> than it does as a live action. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't know there was an actual cartoon,
2: but uh, uh, that's not what I'm asking for. No, I understand, but if you are interested, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. No, I'm not interested. All right, fine. fine. Be a dick. Does it look like? it's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at com. Do you have another one? Oh, no, I only had the one, which I mean, was lame. So. L- let me ask you a question, because I think it's you that doesn't like this movie very much. Mm-hmm. Or, what are your thoughts on Hateful Eight? I like it. You mm. like it. You don't, am right? not a big fan. What do you not like about it? I feel like it is
1: out of my ass because I've only seen it one and a half times I feel like it's just the most indulgent Tarantino gets where he said before he even wrote that film I'm so good at dialogue ah uh, talky it's talky. I'm gonna prove it I see I, I don't see. I don't mind the fact that it's talky yeah yeah and he is good at dialogue right and the performances are good in
2: it right it just the movie feels like a humble brag to me I got you So I always thought it would be better as a play, a stage production. It's very closely associated with uh, with Agatha Christie ish type of uh, you know, and then there were none type of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you could do everything that's in the movie on a stage. Uh, I think you could have the stagecoach go through. Obviously, it wouldn't be cinematic, uh, but every what probably seventy percent of that movie is in the cabin, Mm -hmm. yeah, Um, and the performances. The, the, the dialogue, I think, would snap on stage. I think you could edit it a little bit more, too. Now, having said this, Tarantino himself is saying that he's going to write a play version of this. Uh, and I would watch the shit out of that. I think that would be really, really interesting. I think the characters are interesting. I think the mystery is interesting. Are you going to read that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book? No. No. Uh, but I really, for you some know, reason, after after all this press came out, I became very interested in seeing that movie for like a fifth time. For some reason, like I want to watch the, it again. And maybe it'll hit me. It's not identical to the movie. Um,
1: in addition to including extra scenes, it's it doesn't play out exactly the same way. I'm Interesting. Sure, I'm sure the broad strokes do, but the, the book also reveals whether or not Cliff Booth shot his wife.
2: Oh, I don't want to know that. I don't either. This I mean, is, I think I already know that, but I don't want to know that.
1: Uh, exactly.
2: <laughs> like It'd be like him writing a novelization of
1: Pulp Fiction and revealing what's in the briefcase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Fuck uh,
3: that, man. Why is, why is that, right? Like, the answer is not going to be satisfying. It's, it's always the reason why we don't want to know that stuff. Like, when when finally we know who you're so vain is written about you know mm-hmm. we're gonna be like oh yeah that was one of the people that we speculated could it be
1: some banker that she met and had sex it with was one uh day? dave coulier right
3: yeah it was dave coulier mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and because uh, dave coulier he ran through some ass in the 70s uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: what's crazy is he was probably like 16 at the end when his song came out. yeah yeah
2: but yeah no i think hateful eight in particular of all of tarantino stuff now reservoir dogs would make a great play i think mm-hmm. um you know that is most of it's in the warehouse exactly uh and i think you know pulp fiction i don't think would have worked as a play uh Django would not work as a play i don't think Django works anyway uh but i think hateful eight is is perfect for that and i i almost would rather have said he diverted his career and went into i'm gonna do a stage production of this because if you remember there was all that drama around the script itself it was leaked mm-hmm. and then he didn't want to make it and then he made it anyway and then all that stuff which uh, was actually bullshit by the way the and whole... they did a table read didn't they yeah. before they actually did the film yeah
3: yeah to me, it's like, who gives a shit if it gets leaked and, like, a thousand people know that yeah. that it that what the ending is? It's not like the million people who go out and watch the movie are going to know what the ending is. He's
1: still threatening to finish after his next movie, and honestly, I'm here for it.
3: Yeah, I'm fine. I, mean- I,
1: I, I enjoy his movies more than other directors, but the man has
2: worn me out. <laughs> where where did you fall on once upon a time in hollywood by the way because it's actually i i did not like it uh pretty adamantly
1: for three or four viewings it has grown on me a bunch that's why i want to give it another shot i don't i don't <sighs> I'm on an island. I get it. I I don't like some of the things he does just because he's paying homage to things. like When Kurt Russell comes in narrating in the last 20 minutes of this movie, it is so jarring to me. It is. And the only answer I can think of is the movies he's paying homage to sometimes had sudden narrators at the end to wrap things up. (laughs) That doesn't make Once Upon a Time in Hollywood better for me. Yeah. It makes it better for him. Yeah. Uh, And so there are still choices like that. I used to only like the the scene at the ranch, and now uh, I really like several other scenes, uh, especially the stuff uh, with DiCaprio and Timothy Oliphant and the little girl Oh, for sure. That um, that's the crux on the, of the set movie of thing. all the stuff he's shooting. That stuff has grown on me a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So yeah. I, Brad Pitt's character Pitt's character's grown on me a
2: ton too.
3: But I
1: still don't love
2: it.
3: Have you watched that several times, Chris? I haven't. I I, I actually really loved it when I first watched it. Um and uh, even after sending it, it was the same way. But um the um I mean there are things about it that I'm like, come on. Um, <laughs> like just the whole fact that the you know, the um the um Manson uh, group decides you know well we couldn't get into the one house so let's go back and and kill him and yeah. it's it's like no i i understand you're doing a revisionist history thing and that's that's fun uh, this is this is the world as it would have been had leonardo dicaprio can't remember his rick dalton rick dalton character uh, had existed back then it would have changed all of the stuff i get it you, you know that's but the fact that they go all the way back down that hill and they're like, you know, and then it's all like, we just got to go back and you, know, you got to kill people, man. Like it's society <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know that's the way she was, but I'm just like, fuck this, man. I you just threatened us with a margarita. Yeah. And, and they go back and try to do all that. Now, the and then the that that whole thing at the end is is uh, is over the top comic violence. Yep. Um, And it I could do without that. I could do without out all of that um
1: whereas brad pitt drives really fast has suddenly become genius to me the more i watch this i love before. his character i absolutely adore his but character just the fact that he never he never doesn't do it he, do, he he doesn't give a shit every time he gets in the car and it's shot really well too uh but every time he gets in the car there's you're, you know he's gonna go twice as fast as everybody that's
2: else. what annoyed me so much the first time i saw it is all the fucking driving but it does make a point. It does. He He's done so much That's more his dangerous. Fucking life. He's he's done so many more dangerous shit than shits uh, than this. He doesn't care if he goes 120 miles on the interstate. He doesn't, but also his life these days is being
1: a driver. He's not he's not yeah. a stuntman anymore. Right. He's just Rick Dalton's go-getter. <laughs> and so to, to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible makes absolute sense yeah. for that man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. But he he won the Oscar for he that. He did. Right? Yeah.
3: Um, but yeah it was it's a, yeah, I remember watching that with a few people who were like, "Ah, put that about Midway into his uh, filmography and now they're like, it's his best movie he's ever made." Hmm.
2: So. I think it's going to grow on me like almost like Blade Runner 2049 where mm-hmm. where I I liked it and I liked once upon a time in Hollywood the first time I saw it, but I'm going to appreciate it a little bit more. But, but you're right, there's going to be some No, No, not read the book. All you. right. Next question? Yeah. What is the best year slash two-year period you've seen one actor have in terms of a success of successful movies for example uh, an example that we've talked about before jim carrey in 1994 same year ace ventura the mask and dumb and dumber virtually an unknown before this except Mm -hmm. for in living color uh all being released within 11 months of each other what do you guys
3: think and this would have been my answer as yeah. as usual um but question <laughs> ask is always still the best <laughs> but I, I could also expand this since if you're if you're getting expanding it to two years he also did ace ventura 2 and batman forever and that was all in an 18 month period he did five movies that were all hits that's why when The Cable Guy came out in 1996, Ben Stiller was worried, I'm going to make the first movie that Jim Carrey doesn't make $100 million on. But yeah. it's also his, his, my favorite yeah.
2: of that, <laughs> that time. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, but uh i came up uh, of a period between 1996 and 1998 which is technically three years but fuck you um uh, matt damon did uh, courage under fire the rainmaker goodwill hunting saving private ryan and rounders
1: i watched part of saving private ryan yesterday yeah I don't think Matt Damon gets enough love. He doesn't. For that scene where he finds out his brothers are dead. And then that scene where he tells the funny story that starts him crying. Mm -hmm. Because he's only in the movie for five minutes. And everybody else has showy stuff. He's great in that movie.
3: Yeah, that you 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 remember all the stories about his experience on that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. The, Everybody was going through like actual boot camp or some <laughs> that's shit. That's the craziest. And he was like doing press tour shit for Goodwill Hunting and all this, and uh, and Spielberg specifically wanted to keep it that way. Yep. So that when they did finally reach him in the movie, they would actually have some real fucking feelings about yep finding him.
2: See, that's the shit that you don't hear Spielberg do. I, you hear him do stuff like the the facial prosthetic on Indiana Jones, but you don't hear him doing character work like this mm-hmm. anymore. I don't think and Spielberg's think involved with that movie, by the way. I mean, he's Indiana producing, Jones? I'm sure, but it's
1: uh, he's not directing that. Who's directing it? Uh, Logan. Uh, oh, James Mangold. James Mangold it. Logan. <laughs> you got there. Yeah, I
2: did. So you you did uh, Matt Damon. Give me those movies again.
3: Courage Under Fire, The Rainmaker, Goodwill Hunting, Saving Private Ryan, and Rounders.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna counter because I'm gonna go next. Uh, and this is not even my pick, but because you said one movie, it reminded me. In a two year period, <clears throat> Edward Norton did American History X, Rounders, Fight Club. Then, if you want to expand it a little bit, did Keeping the Faith, which is not a bad movie. Uh, I don't know why I pointed at you. And the score, <laughs> well, and the that's from- <clears throat> a good fucking run. Now, of course, before that, Primal Fear. And he's had a really good run. One of Mm -hmm. the songs from Keeping the Faith uh, was performed at my wedding. That may be why you pointed at me, even though you didn't know that. Possibly so. I'm going to follow up with my actual answer. Oh, he's double dipping. Harry Ford. Harry Ford. Back in 1981, or actually in 1980, Empire Strikes Back. Arguably best Star Wars movie Mm -hmm. ever made. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1981, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. 1982, Blade Runner. Mm
3: Mm-hmm yeah
2: if you want to keep going temple of doom witness mosquito coast frantic but we're not doing that blow the question out of the water i know but that is three iconic deckard indiana jones mm-hmm. and han fucking solo in a two and a half year span mm-hmm. that's pretty fucking amazing you know, yeah. that's uh i don't know what the years would be but John Williams had a pretty good stretch in
1: there, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Indiana Jones and Star Wars and Superman. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with a man we've already mentioned today, Mr. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Who from 1998 to 2000. His whole career, man. Just say his whole career. Mm -hmm. Who, 1998 (laughs) to 2000. No, because he's got stuff in there, like that movie you love that I hate, where he can't shoot a basketball. Yeah, yeah. Good. big lebowski It's <laughs> <a> great movie. <laughs> big lebowski flawless magnolia talented mr ripley state in maine almost
2: famous oh jesus mm-hmm. christ have you seen flawless i have it's great it's i whips. saw flawless uh, i rented it from blockbuster forever ago and i remember really liking it but it's before i knew who philip That's seymour uh, really was
3: shit what
1: who directed that? That's a Schumacher. Schumacher, that's right. Um, he directed flawless. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. What a weird movie for him Schumacher's to entire career Not is a little entirely. weird. Entirely. I mean, it's different from what he's done, I guess. Yeah. But him being a gay icon it it would make sense i don't know if he's an icon but he's a gay film director yeah makes sense that he would do a movie like this like flawless yeah
2: i'm just i'm just thinking about tone of his other stuff right it's different from what he's done
3: for sure uh that's a good
1: pick my my guy that's my guy right there that's my good actually i was almost went with nick cannon who has had four children born in the last six
2: months wow let me wrap my head around wow hold on four kids yes were any of them twins or yes. anything one set of twins okay and then two other children obviously not
1: the three same different woman. women I or two, two different i women. believe he's got seven children total okay uh four born in the last six months and i'm just saying yo he could feel feel a little <laughs> <lead> a dude. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's working <laughs> that dude does not take
2: breaks <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't wear condoms <laughs> apparently he does not. not he doesn't <laughs> ever pull out What is your favorite movie ever? (laughs) What is your favorite movie ever? Mm -hmm. Uh, What is your favorite movie near swear where a character says a clean version of a swear word, but it's not an overdub. It's scripted. This is from Jeremy S. (laughs) in Nashville, Tennessee.
3: Wow. There are other Jeremy S's in Nashville. Yeah. That's
2: weird. Um,
3: (laughs) I'm going to do one that uh, someone thought we should have done with the F bomb question a couple of ago, Oh. Which is a Christmas story nice uh where ralphie says fudge <laughs> only i didn't say fudge i said the mother of all swear words the f dash 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 word
0: <laughs>
3: in the movie he says fudge it's scripted that way i don't care uh if he really said fucking quote real life uh, That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's one that's scripted. The other one, I'm kind of cheating since it's not a movie. uh But have you ever seen the Mr. Show sketch that is a Goodfellas parody called Pally's?
2: No, I don't Have you ever I seen have. that? Did you
3: ever watch Mr. Show that much?
2: No, not much.
3: Oh my God, you guys both would love Mr. I Show. I, I know. Every
2: time I've watched it, it's been awesome. So
3: but. much. Um. So. <laughs> like how mr show used to do where it would it would go from one skit and seamlessly in, enter another skit i guess kids in the hall used to do that type mm-hmm. of thing too um but uh it's this guy at a restaurant and he's like something's happened to a suit and uh and uh there's like well we we know somebody who can take care of this or whatever and so, like, it goes seamlessly into this movie where these people are all digging out in the middle of the woods, and they're like burying the suit or whatever. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, so yeah, we used to hang out with each other all the time. We were a bunch of Pallies. <laughs> and then this <just> <laughs> comes up on the screen, and uh, and he's uh, so like, we used to call this guy Johnny one time because he only used to, he only said things once. And like, and it was like, so it was like, man, this really stinks. And the guy's like, what? And and it's David Cross, and he just looks up at him, and then comes back, start start putting mud over the suit. <laughs> Oh my God. So then it, it goes to a kitchen scene, and it says very clearly edited for television. Mm-hmm on it and everything and he's like boy this boy this flimsy soup really tastes really good and uh, he's like he's like uh i don't give a I, he's like you're a, you're a mother father you know and, I'm gonna, and, and all this stuff and and then like there's a point where bob odenkirk flips the guy off and a big circle goes around and it's a thumb <laughs> <laughs> and they cut out all the violence like somebody's like got, like pointing a gun and then somebody's just like the, <laughs> and, um uh, gotta watch this. so all the all the swears are dubbed, but they were scripted that way because it's an edited for television nice. uh, takeoff on edited the for mother, television. Mother, father. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like one where it's like uh, it's like mother, father, Chinese dentist. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I tell you what, the kids, the kids these days don't get the uh, frivolity of the dubbed version on network TV. Yeah. I mean, few good men had some classics, and I'm not even remembering now. Mm-hmm. Uh, ex- I do remember. Forget you, Harold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, when Jessup does, he says, "I'm gonna rip your fucking head off and piss in your dead skull." Yeah. you <laughs> fucked with a morong Marine. I don't know what they did with that. but it was, yeah. <laughs> it was unintelligible.
3: The, what were they? There's some all timers like, uh, like Big Lebowski has got that one where it's like, uh, what's it? What is it, John? Instead of fuck a stranger in the Alps Oh, ass, my God. This is why you don't. Find a stranger in the Alps. Yes. Something. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, 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 then, and then like RoboCop used to have some good ones, too, that I used. To, I never saw the dubbed version of RoboCop, but like but like a lot of those. Oh, there's one where uh, there's the scene where Miguel Ferrer is uh, talking to, uh, what's his name? Ronnie Cox in the bathroom mm. or whatever. No, it's Ronnie Cox talking to Miguel Ferrer ronnie cox is like we used to call our used to call my boss a bunch of things back in the day and they used to you know i once even called him asshole and that was like the big deal in robocop (laughs) so in the dub version it's like one time we even called him a lot worse (laughs) (laughs) and it's hilarious how they
2: cannot get the adr to come anywhere close to it yeah yeah, it's like a female (laughs)
3: voice or something like a lot worse yeah
0: yeah
3: yeah exactly
0: yeah
1: so, for this answer, oh, I have two that I really like. I love um, in Almost Famous when Zoe Deschanel <laughs> says,
0: Fuck you! Yeah. To her mom, uh,
1: because her mom is so strict and they're not supposed to cuss. But even that plays, I think, harder for Francis McDormand than if the kid had said, Fuck you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um,
2: what does <clears throat> she respect? She's like, uh, is it uh, Patrick Fury?" Puget- it says, like, Oh, she didn't say the the bad word. She's like same thing.
0: Yeah. Same well, thing. she said he
3: goes. He goes. Uh, well, she didn't actually say he didn't. She didn't say the actual word. And she goes, "What's the difference?" And he go and he goes, "The you." Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I've been watching a lot of the Italian Job lately, um, because it's on one of the movie channels a lot, and I really like that movie. But um, Mark Wahlberg and the gang they get some supplies from a man named Skinny Pete, who is a massive seven foot 400 pound in real life he's a former gang member turned musician um <clears throat> and there's that funny scene where he tells most deaf not to look him in the eye and most deaf is like look trying to look anywhere but the 400 pound guy in front of him <laughs> uh most Def nearly steals that movie mm-hmm. anyway um so skinny pete uh <laughs> is he calls mark Wahlberg later because the ukrainians are after mark Wahlberg because somebody killed a ukrainian i think it was mark Wahlberg. it was actually ed norton but wow. um with a mustache, Skinny Pete says, "One thing I learned is never to mess with mother-in-laws, Mother Nature, or mother freaking Ukrainians." <laughs> and it's just the, the the image of seeing this 400-pound hulking monster who has to censor his fucks. <laughs> and I'm sure it's because the movie was PG-13, uh-huh. but he goes, "Mother freaking it's not dubbed. He yeah. says it that way, and I just like the idea that this massive man doesn't actually swear; he near swears his whole life. I don't know. This is,
2: uh, this is a very watchable movie, isn't it? Insanely watchable. The The first one is better. First, the
1: original is better. The original is better as a film, yes. but I'm not sure it's as much
2: fun. I don't think so either.
1: This movie's just fun, man. It it's it, the, the heist is clever. Uh, the, the story makes sense. The performances are just the right amount of cartoonish. Yeah. Um, what holds it back the most is some really dated Napster references, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. and a
1: cameo by Sean Fanning. Okay, <clears throat> who? the The other Sean that invented Napster, the real one that invented it, but Sean Parker got all the oh, credit. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so there's a story because uh, Seth Green's character is nicknamed Napster, and the s- story is told a couple different times that you know he invented Napster but he fell asleep and his roommate Sean Fanning stole it and there's a flashback of Seth Green asleep on a desk and Sean Fanning looking at his computer going "Ooh!" and he takes a disc out <laughs> and I'm just like dude this was the peak of your life like you get, you invented Napster you got sued to oblivion you got to cameo in the Italian job and now you're probably a waiter like I don't know <laughs> what the fuck you're doing <clears throat> but you didn't even get the social network treatment like that, that all went to
2: Sean Park I gotta, yeah. I gotta watch that movie again and that's Charlize mark Wahlberg, ed norton donald sutherland for a hot minute seth green seth Gre- i thought it was giovanni rabisi but it's seth green <laughs> i get those two mixed up well, that's sometimes. easy enough to do <clears throat> most f and that's the crew
1: right that's the crew yeah. and uh it's good man it's solid uh, i don't Wait, know which movie channel it's, it's on
3: is statham in there who statham jason statham oh
1: jason statham sorry yeah, yeah. that's right handsome yeah. handsome
2: rob handsome rob oh, yeah, I yeah
3: i like that we did a there. we did an outtake i remember i don't know italian job as well as you do i've seen it only once but uh, we did an outtake on uh, what movie was it? It was a state. It was one, it might've been fast and furious or something like that, where you wrote one with the Italian job where Seth green is Seth green is pretending to be Statham. <laughs> and uh and and it's like what what is it like to be like this guy you just come up and is hey i would like to go out on a date with you you know doing a real good statement i'm afraid i'm gonna need your shirt yeah and so we so we put it oh we dubbed it over this scene in this other movie where he's talking to his girlfriend in that movie and it's perfect (laughs) that actually
2: greece does do a pretty good state yeah all right one that you guys know very well the listeners and one that you might not uh the cussing in fantastic, Mr. Fox.
3: Oh, oh, man, I
2: love so that so much. That scene between Clooney and Bill Murray was like, "Don't cuss me, and <laughs> I'll cuss you whenever I want." Are you cussing? Are you cussing me? Are you cussing me? And then they get up and the. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! I believe every swear in there is a cuss, right? Like they yes. they say cuss. In fact, the there's swear.
3: even a point where they go past this graffiti laced wall, and it just says cuss <laughs> on it.
2: <laughs> it's such a great way. I mean. This is still like up there with my favorite Wes Anderson films. And it's a, a level that he didn't get with Isle of Dogs. I don't think of precociousness and stuff like that. Uh, but it's stuff like that. It's the cussing. you mm-hmm. cussing me? Yeah. No, that uh, reminds me of the. I, I put
1: another one down I didn't answer. That was The the Good Place, that show with um, Kristen Bell. Mm-hmm. I
2: absolutely adore that. Because yes. all the
1: cussing in there is mother forking shirt balls. Yep. It's all like cute
2: cussing. <laughs> What's funny is in the outtakes, every once in a while, uh, Kristen Bell will actually be like, fucking shit! But she's like, ah! <laughs>
3: <laughs> forgot to do it.
2: Because everybody on there has a terrible amount. Jameela Jamila. Ted this.
1: Danson is on there. Yeah, yeah.
3: There was a... I was going to maybe bring up uh, Nicolas Cage in The Rock, but I couldn't think of real specific... I know there's a point where he's like... He's like, all right, stop with this a-hole. Yeah. Yeah. And he does stuff like that. And then there's the point where he's in the jail cell and, and he's like, he's like, so you got out of Alcatraz, but you didn't tell me how you got out of your cell. I figured like, yeah, that would be important information in this situation. Maybe. It's like out in the, And then he's like, I want to know how in the name of Zeus's butthole you got out of your cell. Yeah.
2: He also, uh, when he and Sean Connery are going through the bowels of the thing, he's like, so why don't you cut me some freaking slack? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh my other one is one that, that we don't talk enough about Johnny Dangerously. Oh lord, you want to watch an <laughs> iconic yep. Michael Keaton performance uh from really really in his comic prime, 1984. He's playing <laughs> uh a gangster Johnny Dangerously and he's got this hey he's got it down perfectly. And so, at the beginning of the movie, he steals from uh, one of the rival mobsters, mm-hmm. who's this uh, Hungarian guy or something like that. Motherfucking Hungarians! Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Motherfucking Hungarians! And he's uh, he's got this crazy axe. I can't even do it, but he's like, "You farging bastich! Yeah, and he calls him "Your farging ice hole! Yeah. It's so fucking yeah. great, man! Yeah. And uh, it's it's. <laughs> Joe Piscopo is fantastic in this. Everybody's playing way over the top. Mary Lou Henner and Danny DeVito, both of taxi Mm -hmm. uh, fame at that point, uh, were uh, were great in this. This is an underrated gem. Sure is. And that has some of the most wonderful malapropisms that you'll ever
0: hear yeah. for swearing
2: oh. it reminded me of bad boys too when they go
1: into the convenience store and a guy sees their guns and so he pulls guns on them and he goes freeze mother bitch yeah <laughs> yeah yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: So good. yeah johnny dangerously is one of those movies i don't think has a very high rating on the imdb but uh, it's funny as fuck man. The uh it's is uh, i believe amy heckerling's follow-up to fast times yeah. at ridgemont high and uh and uh there's, <laughs> there's you know the the, the swearing There's there even a point where the newspaper says "fucking war <laughs> <laughs> it's up there
2: honestly i've seen this more than i've seen top secret i love top secret mm-hmm. uh but it's up there the same level of comedy and like jokes per minute
3: yeah right? there's that point where like there's the the, it's like well, there's an escape at 11 pass it on or whatever and it gets and they play that game of telephone where it's changing 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 finally gets to johnny dangerously and he, and it's like something ridiculous like a raccoon is going to show up by midnight or whatever and and uh, michael keaton's like so there's going to be an escape at 11 and he's like, like wait how do you get that from that and he's like i don't know i just know that th- i just know this telephone line yeah. i know this line yeah yeah, yeah
0: exactly
2: uh, let's do one more why don't we yep uh, I'm going to pick the best from the rest. Oh, hey, this is fun. Let's move to TV. Let's have some TV stuff. Okay. What is your favorite episode of your favorite show? My favorite show is the 1959 version of The Twilight Zone. My favorite episode of it is season three's The Changing of the Guard. Not familiar enough with The Twilight Zone uh to know what that is, but I do remember uh Richard Donner just passed away yesterday as we record this, and I do remember that we uh that he directed that flight or uh shit, what is it called? The terror, William Shatner Terror, terror at ten thousand uh, feet. Yeah, something whatever. Uh the one with William Shatner and the gargoyle out there and stuff like that. Later redone with um Lithgow.
1: Lithgal. Lithgow or this Lithgow? Is, it's Lithgow. It's Cusack.
3: <laughs> I I said Lithgow for the longest time. I saw I, I said Lithgow for the longest time until I actually heard him
1: oh heard him say it
3: yeah where he's like hi i'm john let and i was like okay <laughs> well
1: uh, uh, alicia silverstone just said on instagram two weeks ago my name's not alicia uh, alicia it's alicia
3: oh i've uh, always said
1: alicia i have too but apparently people have been calling her alicia that's weird it's camila cabello
2: <laughs> it's, yep it's camilla cabello 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 carvello carvello during the course of music video sends i think we've pronounced her name 10 different ways the weird Between one for me
1: it. was the last dragon. It feels like it should be Raya and the Last Dragon, but the movie says it's Raya. Raya, mm-hmm. yeah. and I don't like that. You don't like it? No, uh, you spell it just R Y A if it's Raya.
2: You don't like Aquafina either,
3: or or R R A I A, where which you where you're more apt to say Raya, than Raya.
2: Did I tell you about how
1: in one of my Abel's books when I first introduced the love interest whose name is Emmeline, mm-hmm. I originally wanted her name to be Earline but I couldn't figure out how to spell it. Interesting. Um, I think Earline is a very pretty name. It rolls off the tongue. But the way that I ended up spelling it, my wife, who was my pre-reader, thought that I had named the love interest Earlene. Uh, <laughs> and she said, are we in the South now? And I said, well, now I have to change the name completely, even if I find another spelling.
0: Earlene. Uh, hey,
3: Earlene. Earlene, come me to the picket <laughs> Well, you sure can not teleport. Um. Okay, I'm going to answer this question. Um... <laughs> uh for the simpsons i picked the episode called radio bart Ooh, good one where bart uh, fools everyone into thinking uh he's trapped in a well he has timmy O'Toole. he has yeah timmy O'Toole. he's gotten this uh label maker thing where he has put his property of bart simpson on he got he gets it for uh his birthday um uh from uh from homer and uh and uh, he, and he gets uh. It's also the 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 microphone that you can uh, remotely broadcast remotely yeah. and get, take a radio station and and speak into it and everything. And the commercial for that is hilarious in that movie. Like uh, you know, like hey baby, you want to come? I think that acts the actual commercial. They like the 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 uh, people walk, driving by in the car and like hey baby, why don't you come and take a ride with us or whatever? <laughs> they actually did that with the actual product that they're they're doing that. But but then there's a, there's a guy in his in the office or whatever he's pointing points to guy and goes, you're fired <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh and stuff like that but he gets that he gets that first birthday he gets a label maker from uh, homer because he's awful um <laughs> and uh and he starts putting property of bart simpson on everything and he even puts it on the a little uh, cassette recorder that he throws down into the well and uh and uh he he starts uh saying, hey, I'm Timmy O'Toole, I'm trapped in this well. And he throws that, you know, he threw that thing down in the well. So people, everybody thinks that there's this kid trapped in a well. Everybody tries to save him. It doesn't work. They have special guest stars like Sting on this one, <laughs> which has that great, when they finally get down, when they finally get down to, say, when Bart has to go down in the well, actually go down in the well because they know, he knows that once they find out that there's no boy down there, they're going to find out there's a, a tape recorder mm-hmm. that says property of Bart Simpson on it uh, he goes down in the well and actually gets trapped down in the well. And, uh, when they finally do save him, there's a point where Sting's like, he's like got, he's all muscle bound and everything. And, uh, he comes in and he comes, he's the first one into the well and Bart's like, Sting! And then Sting, Homer pushes Sting out of the well, Mom, Dad! <laughs> 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 and there's a canary in a coal mine uh, thing in there. Nice. It's, oh, it's just an overall, just such an excellent episode. It's so funny all the way throughout. We're
1: sending our love <laughs> down the
3: well, do the uh the old uh, we are the world no parody well. <laughs> <laughs> um i got a couple more breaking bad the one called gliding over all season five mid-season finale where hank finds out walt is heisenberg oh nice um, is that the uh the uh
2: uh the garage scene no that's no, the, it's on the, the toilet. next episode okay
3: uh this episode is the one where they're having this party at the very end and and Hank goes on the toilet and he finds that leaves of grass. Right. The Walt uh, Whitman. And then and then he sees the thing from Gail that says, you know, uh, to my favorite WW. Yeah, yeah. And then he flashes back to season one where he's like, he's like, what does WW mean? Is it Walt Whitman? Huh. Walter White? And he's like, you got me. Yeah. And then Hank has this look on his face like
2: oh that's such a great (laughs) both of those that and the subsequent episodes have the most amazing finale final shots oh
3: Oh, yeah and uh in game of thrones uh season six is the winds of winter uh where cersei destroys the fuck out of the sept of Baylor. my god
1: that episode is
3: amazing it's so good i remember we were we were doing the podcast at the time that episode came out and then we talked uh some game of thrones or whatever and Mm -hmm. i said it's amazing to watch a an, a television episode where you think you're seeing history, like you're actually seeing real history involved. It's fictional as fuck, but it looks it feels like history. That's how amazing that episode was.
2: Okay, so I I was absent during this uh, season of Game of Thrones. Is this where she takes the black water, st- not the black the the green stuff? Yeah. 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 And nukes like the whole rival. He, she puts a entirety. whole ton
3: of it in there, yeah. And, and with uh, what's her name, uh, the, uh, the Marjorie, Marjorie, yeah. The, and
1: then all of the religious people are there. The sparrow yeah. and all his flock. And doesn't she like take a sip of wine afterwards or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's watching the explosion and she's quite pleased with herself. And, and I think it, yeah. she
3: ends. She also kills a uh, woman who tortured her. Yeah, she well, and 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 so what's her name? Uh, God, was it an actress' name? Isn't that Marjorie? yeah it is but i'm trying to think of the-
1: uh, i love her she's i mean she's okay
3: <laughs> let me look this up real quick i can't think natalie
2: of uh You're dormer. A- dormer. dormer dormer
3: um so she-, she kills her in the process and then her son jumps off of the fucking thing this is- which which what became a which became a meme after a while but what now
1: because his because his beloved wife is dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he
3: he felt hard for her, man, like instantly. He sure did. Hmm. And uh she's, she's dead now. That he episode doesn't have a reason to live after that.
1: It's so great because it's not just what happens, but the first 15 minutes of that episode Al- there's almost no dialogue there's a little bit of dialogue at the sept but they're like she's not here this means something yada. but it's mostly this just this piano droning and, dong, dong, mm-hmm. dong, dong. <laughs> and uh it's i'm so glad you picked that episode it mm. probably is the best episode of that whole show it's mine
3: i and there's a lot of more famous episodes i think but that one that one just i just remember afterwards just going my god how did it they this is a miracle they pulled this one off <laughs> And it's it makes it makes all the stuff that happens later on when they fuck up the last season even more puzzling when yep. when you said when you see how good that I still
1: was. say history is going to show it's it was the fault of the actors and really well this is my my theory is the actors were fucking done with fourteen hour shoot night shoots in, in Iceland winter <laughs> and they were getting so expensive and what that final season i believe should have been two or three seasons but they crammed it all into one and that's why everything feels so rushed and overpaced and i think it came down to both cost and those actors not wanting to i mean especially that last that battle at winterfell in the final season that is in pitch black darkness and you can't see shit unless you have a TV from the future. Mm-hmm. They shot that for months. Mm-hmm. Months and months and months. Some of these actors were going out into the cold, into the fucking
3: snow. I think it's probably fucking grueling. I think Yeah. yeah. I'm am still I'm still uh on the in the camp that blames the creators. But yep. we'll we'll I I'm it'll be interesting to see if anything comes out about that especially since they're making what 500 other uh, (laughs) (laughs) the next thing they
1: go on to make is solid from beginning to end that will go a long way towards making the game of thrones ending not necessarily their fault Mm -hmm. that's what that's the reason i'm more willing to like you just said the reason i'm on my side because everything was so great and expertly paced up until that
2: last season how could they drop the ball so badly and maybe Mm they That's what's hilarious is i was gone for like two, two and a half seasons and came back on uh, season seven and it was the worst one. Yeah, like, yeah you chose right. poorly. You chose, chose poorly. poorly. What do
1: you got? I don't remember what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, favorite, favorite episode, of favorite, episode of favorite TV, TV show. Uh, I put some cliches on there. Ham Radio from Frasier talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one with the embryos from Friends talked about that
2: before. Trivia episode. That's the trivia has episode. Has very little to do with embryos.
1: Yeah, Indeed. Yeah, the title's <laughs> fucked up. Um, but I decided to go with uh, two other ones. Um, I'm going to go with Walkabout. From Lost? Ooh, that's a great one. Is do we I don't really care about spoiling Lost. I don't but, think we
3: have we can I don't think we need to worry about spoiling that.
1: It is the first episode that of the show. I think it was the fifth episode that pulls the rug out from under you. Mm-hmm. This is the episode where, I'm just going to say it, uh, you've been five episodes in, there's some kind of a smoke monster, there was an airplane crash, we're getting a little bit of, whoa, differences. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pe- people trying to decide how to live and how they're going to get food and water. And then the flashback, every episode has had flashbacks so far uh, to, be- to the person's life before they're on the island. And this fifth episode is following John Locke, mm-hmm. the man in a wheelchair, or the man not in a wheelchair, flashes back to before he got on the plane, he's wheelchair-bound. Mm-hmm. He's been walking around this island with no problem, has made no mention of a wheelchair, but it cuts back to he wants to do this walkabout, this Australian killer walkabout, and they're like, you can't do it, and he's going, Don't tell me what I can't do, and it pans around and shows him in a wheelchair, and I will never forget that sensation yeah. of realizing this show is way ahead of me. Yeah. Now, that didn't always remain the case, but in that in that moment, I felt, euphoria at like re- realizing this is so much deeper than i thought it was yep. who else has changed Uh, i'm getting goosebumps just now mm-hmm. thinking about it but there's also it ties very much into my own stubborn streak that whole don't tell me what i can't do kind of a moment really resonates with me <laughs> and and so i was already on board and then you showed me the wheelchair okay mm-hmm. then the other one i want to talk about is the wire season four uh, episode 13, it's called Final Grades. It's the last episode of that season. The last episode of every Wire season it ends with a montage that sh- sort of shows you, in the coming weeks and months after what you've just watched, here's where everybody's at. Hmm. And so one season, when M- McNulty gets busted down after the first season, it shows him on a boat in the montage. And you're like, oh, he's going to be a boat co- He's going to be striking distance in the next season. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the fourth season is the one that follows uh, the school system and the mayor race. Um, And the school system, we follow four boys um, who are all at the precipice, right, if you will. Uh, One is in foster care. It's Randy. Uh, One doesn't ever shower because he doesn't have a home or clothes. That's dookie. Uh, Then you got Michael, who's been trying to get recruited. People are trying to recruit him into this drug system, this crime system. Um, I'm blanking on the other kid like some kind of a moron. Oh, uh, Naaman, who is the son of Wee Bay from a previous season, uh, who's in jail. He's a rapper. I don't remember which one. Um, he's a rapper. Yeah, <laughs>
0: one, of yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah one of those rappers.
1: And so we follow these four boys and the whole season, they're, they're kids, right? So there's moments of joy. There's moments of camaraderie and friendship. But this broken place they live is lying in wait to claim them. Um and it's this foreboding thing all season long, right? And you get if you're me, you get really attached to these kids. A lot of the characters in the wire go season to season, but these kids are basically only in this season. Um and the montage shows you how badly it goes for all but one of them. Yeah. Uh and Now, this is the season where one of the cops has set up Hamsterdam, where he basically takes this uninhabited block of empty houses and decides to turn the other way to the drug trade. Mm -hmm. And so people can sell drugs there, people can buy drugs there, they essentially legalize drugs Mm -hmm. in this one area of Baltimore. He ends up getting fired for it, probably should have, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but he adopts Naaman with permission from the guy's father who's in prison uh, because they know... He's the most hot-headed, and he is very close to becoming a life of crime and getting killed. That's the only happy ending in the montage, as you see him on the front porch with his new adopted father. Hmm. Um, everybody else's story is bad. Randy goes to a new foster home but he witnessed a murder halfway through the season, and so he becomes known as a snitch. So as soon as he enters his new foster home, all of his brothers start beating the shit out of him. Oh, shit. Dookie is definitely on the street now forever and and hopped up on heroin and doing drugs with some creepy old homeless person. Mm-hmm. And Michael is an assassin for the drug dealer, mm-hmm. and you see him commit a murder.
3: It is just a gut punch, man. Mm-hmm. After a
1: season where... So many flashes of hope. I'm talking way too long about this. I apologize. No, but, it's, but,
3: it's a, I think it's an episode worth going into detail.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you. I uh, just, just, there's so much hope shown. And then the end of that montage is just like one out of every four of these kids is probably fucked. Yeah. Uh, And it's systemic. And that's what The Wire's trying to show you by focusing on different um, parts of the municipality uh, on each season. We did the newspaper in the fifth season. It's mm-hmm. just show you how systemic this, this is. Um, to gut punch that is my favorite episode of the wire by Barnon. yeah but. the
3: the hamsterdam thing is such an interesting uh, uh addition or whatever to like uh, to it's a it solves it solves a problem because the very beginning of that season they're talking about how the numbers are too high and, yep. and the cops are all like well you what the fuck do you want us to do i mean we're doing everything we want we, we can do here uh and and, uh and this guy decides i'm gonna just make this one block basically legal and uh and um so like then you it's it's one of those every time you every time you're you know you're in Amsterdam in that season because because you always hear somebody go wmds (laughs) and um and um uh there's i think is is it is it omar that drives up to this thing he's talking to somebody and he goes he goes, I don't want any part of this. I think it, so. Yeah. If we if we start do if we start going here, we're all going to be into pokey. And then drives off. You know. <laughs> um. But yeah, man. That, yeah, that's uh, that's a really good
2: episode. Oh, Ooh. geez, mine are going to seem shitty by comparison. Yeah, oh, you're right. Wait. We should like, quit.
3: Rick and Morty season two yeah. episode pickle. Now, if you
2: if you want to lighten it up a little bit, and of course I still have not seen the wire, so I'm, I'm just i just. I just. You know what's funny? Wires. I know
3: that I know this sounds like pressure this the wire is such a barrett show mm. i mean it's like it's like it was made for you <laughs> and it's crazy that you haven't seen the wire how
2: many seasons is it Five, five. five it's seasons five. all right i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it you dig it the most uh <clears throat> you want to watch some fun stuff and some comedians at the top of their game do some parody it's the bunker episode of documentary now oh <laughs> it's the war room and i actually just did this recently there was a side-by-side comparison on youtube i'll send it to you of the footage from james Carville in the war room and george stephanopoulos and uh the bunker with bill Hader and fred Armisen, and it's just absolutely exact what they do is they pay homage to these things but also elevate them And, you know, Bill Hader is James Carville, essentially, Teddy uh, Redbone. uh, He uh, he he just goes off. He's trying to add some uh, some stuff to a a political ad. And he's like, maybe it's too negative. And he's like, here's what we do. We say maybe it's his last birthday in office. And he's like, well, that implies that he's we want him to die. He's like, no, it's his last birthday in office. (laughs) All right. So here's what we do. We do that. And then I want some creepy kids singing at the end of this this thing. <laughs> creepy as shit, okay? <laughs> and it's so good. He goes through George Stephanopoulos or Fred Armisen playing him. is like, you think I'm uh, like the quiet hunk? And she's like, "That's what that's what they call you." And, and Teddy Redbone, Bill Hader is like, "Yeah, I got some nicknames too, like uh, the Texas tornado, suspects and arsonist." Fuck
0: <laughs> <Pick> that up. <laughs> Suspected Oh, <laughs> <us. laughs>
2: uh, it's so good. It's it's uh, if you're gonna watch what, I mean, I no, the one loves chicken and rice is probably the greatest episode as far as cinematically. But this one, this one will make you laugh more. And I have to shout out the English patient episode of Seinfeld. Hey, folks, this is Barrett. What you're about to hear has very little to do with the actual episode that I'm trying to describe. But enjoy it anyway. Oh, yeah. Because there are so many fucking storylines in this. There is Elaine hating the English patient, of course, uh, and and going to see it with Peterman. There's Jerry going down to Florida uh, to, to help his dad out. Jerry goes down to Florida and meets Izzy Mendelbaum and ruins him and then ruins his son and then ruins his grandson and shit like that. And it's uh And then you've got Kramer with the Cubans who are actually Dominicans. And so uh Kramer well, the crepes too tight. The, the, <laughs> the greatest part of this episode, the end of this is where Kramer goes down to the Cuban embassy and uh he goes up and he says hello and she's like buenos dias and he's like oh buenos dias and uh he turns he turns around and there's this woman in dark glasses standing sitting motionless and he looks back and he starts to talk to the reception, and then he takes one more look, <laughs> and he's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> and he gets the Dominicans to come up because uh, they like. Is that his the same jacket. one where
1: George's suit makes noise when he walks? Yes, <laughs> that's
3: what I thought.
2: <laughs> God, there's so much going on in this fucking episode,
3: yeah. dude. <sighs> uh, are the, are and the, it is the best. Are one. the Dominicans the ones later who are in the gay pride parade, and they're like, "Who?" Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? No, no, those those
1: are the good. guys that tried to steal the armoire. No, they who did are, steal the armoire. Who are related to the, uh, I think they're connected to the, 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 the presidential boys. The, the, the Van Buren boys? Van Buren boys. <laughs> I don't
2: know if they are, but yeah, it's, uh, they, they come over. <laughs> when they're stealing the armoire in the Soup Nazi episode, they're like, oh, I like this. And he's like, oh, this would go perfectly. Go on and pick it up. And Kramer's like, hey, hey, don't. And he's like, who are you talking to? Are you talking to me? Or are you talking to him? Because he was obviously talking to one of us. Then is that the same episode? Yeah. That's the As super. The AIDS AIDS walk? Because, no, no, no. AIDS walk is later on. Are you sure? I said,
3: yes. I said gay pride. I thought it was yeah, I didn't forgot it was the AIDS. It is the AIDS
2: walk. Now they are homosexual, but uh yeah. He's like Hey, this guy doesn't wear the rib- wanna wear the ribbon. He's like, Ho! Who does Ho want doesn't, the doesn't want to wear that ribbon? Anyway, that is uh, the, the I think the the quintessential episode of Seinfeld.
0: All right, all right, all right.
2: Hey, you. Mm, hey, me? you. The fuck Yeah, did I do. You and you oh, nice. and you mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm.
0: and you, you in the car and you.
1: And you. <sighs>
2: Here's what you can do. Here's what you can do. You can go to our Patreon, Ooh. and it's not like you just go and you're like, oh, I want to support the guys from Sandcast because, of course, you like us. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's Don't not to like, out. right? Mm-hmm. But If you want to get stuff, Mm. right, you get everything early. You get Sincast early. You get the other podcasts early. You get bonus episodes. You get all of our content early. During Sin Week, you get all kinds of stuff thrown at you. You should go to our Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash CinemaSins. Sign up to be a member of our Sin Club. $3. $3. $5. $5. $5, $10. $10. One of these days I'm going to get it. We've only had it for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign up at any level, and you become a member of the community. Uh, you're going to love it. You get access to special Discord channels. Go to patreon.com. All
3: right, well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, keep going to Syncast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, Music Video MusicVideosins Twitter, Discord, and SoundCloud. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sherr. We'll see you next time.
2: Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube,
0: Twitter, Facebook,
2: and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. So uh, I was browsing Netflix to see uh, over the weekend if there was anything to watch, and the game was on there. But I don't know if you can see the thumbnail from here. On Netflix, it's got the game, and it's got some rando motherfucker, like, I don't know, the like the second person in the company that does the game, as the thumbnail. It's not Michael Douglas. It's not Sean Penn. It's not even the clown. I love when that happens. It's nothing. So I was like, is this a different game? Not <laughs> even the clown. Like, the clown is a huge character in that Well, movie. the clown is, is pretty recognizable <laughs> from that. It's
1: not even Kara... Uh, what's her name? <laughs> oh, uh, Derek Deborah Kara, Kara Hunger. Hunger,
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. Like, I hate it when they do that, because what? there's another Passengers, right? Like, with uh, yes. Anne Hathaway. Yes. And uh, there's another fucking, like... Romeo and Juliet. That's not Romeo plus Juliet. So There's like,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: like a newer one. There's one with Haley Steinfeld. It's pretty good. I know. Is it really good? Yeah. Well,
1: she's good. Uh, she'll carry most anything.
2: Who's
3: the guy? I
1: don't know. Well, it's. Like, I saw it.
3: It's like I went on um, Amazon and uh, got. Um, I wanted to get the uh, the Ethan Hawke Great Expectations. Mm-hmm. Put in Great Expectations. Didn't even give it a second thought. It came up. I was like, boom, bought it comes in and it's like some other like 2012 great yes. expectations i that
2: have can- been fooled many times Shit. by that, <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably got like one of the london brothers in it
3: right probably got one of the london <laughs> brothers yeah <laughs> yep i haven't even awesome. I, it's got it's got actual like uh people in it that i recognize but um and that uh, was the first one that came up right um yeah i don't think you can get the quaron one um really? on blu-ray my favorite one my favorite oh, thing
1: is i have a google phone right and so i have this news app and every once or twice a week the, the picture above a news article will not remotely match the news headline <laughs> so like it'll say delta variant spreading in five states and there's a picture of chris pratt with a gun
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm like well, algorithm the messed that one. <laughs> somebody did the math wrong I just I want to clarify something. What is DC doing? So we've got Joker, but we're still continuing the DCEU, but we don't know if Cavill, and we're almost positive, Affleck is not on board, right? Because there's going to be an Aquaman 2. There's going to be a third Wonder Woman.
1: And they're going to do the Flash, where they've got Keaton's Batman and a rumored Affleck Batman and a rumored Christian Bale Batman. And
2: that's uh, 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 Miller, Ezra Miller, as the Flash, right? And Annie Muschietti directing. The so that's everybody from the DCEU, but they're just but ignoring that the rest of it?
1: That doesn't count the Batman with Pattinson. That's what I'm saying, yeah. They're, they're doing. Okay. This Birds is Birds of Prey I think. They're doing Squad? multiple verses, but instead of mingling like the MCU is going to do, they're just going to keep them separate. So the Joker is in a different timeline. DC line
2: universe. It's still DC, but than
1: it's. Then Ezra Miller's Flash. Okay.
2: And Robert Pattinson's.
1: Batman is in a different timeline from those two, from what I understand.
2: Do we know what Suicide Squad is going to be? Is that going to be tied into anything, or is that? I don't know. And I
1: also know they're making a Batman uh, Beyond something, like an animated movie or something that's going to (sighs) be for HBO or something. I don't know. It's just right now, honestly, what DC is doing is shotgunning it. They're they're throwing so there's no there's no plan. No, okay, and they've done it for so long
2: that not having a plan has become the plan. Was, okay, hang on one second. Was Joker, what was Joker in? Was he in Batman? What was Joker in in the DCEU? He wasn't. He was just in Birds of Prey? Oh, going. you mean Leto's Joker. Yes, Leto's Joker, sorry. He's also in that fucking
3: Snyder Cut, too. Yeah, but he's, he's in, in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, in the su- he's in Suicide Squad.
2: Suicide Squad.
3: Yeah. Okay, the first, the Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, and I do believe that is considered part of the DCEU.
2: Okay, but we don't know necessarily about Birds of Prey. Even, but Birds it has of Prey, to be, Birds right? of prey, prey is prey. DCEU. Okay. It's the same. Okay. And, yeah. I, and
1: I think Suicide Squad is probably also that. Because Margot Robbie is playing Harley Quinn, the same character in all three of those and movies. And she's
2: in the same timeline, presumably. Presumably. In fact, this. she
1: said something the other day that suggests this Suicide Squad takes place after the other one and Birds of Prey. Because she said, by this movie, Harley's coming to her own. Like in Suicide Squad... Uh, she was Joker's girl, mm. and in Birds of Prey, she had to figure out how to be her own self, and mm. now in this movie, she's figured that out, and she's a whole different animal. So, <clears throat> Are
2: you excited about Suicide Squad? I am, man. It
1: looks fucking bonkers.
3: Yeah, I'd like to see it. I, yeah.
2: I'm in. I really like Birds of Prey. Like, every time I watch it, I like it more. I watched
1: a little bit of it last night. I like it more every time. Here's the thing with Birds of Prey, though, is the action scenes, when fucking
2: Harley fights, they don't cut the camera. I know. I know, and, and apparently she's done a decent amount of her own stunts. I just I don't understand why the MCU
1: has to. Why can't Chris Evans learn how to do a cartwheel, whatever the fuck? <laughs> why does the Why do they have a to cartwheel.
2: cut? Let's have Cap do a
1: cartwheel, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. There's no reason for it. (laughs) But we've got 20 movies cut like that. And then Birds of Prey comes along and they're like, I'm going to show. That's why I wrote that and Cloud Atlas. When did the Wachowskis forget how to shoot action? Exactly. See, that's the the reason. You need a performer that can can do more than half a second of an action move at once. And that's why Margot Robbie trains her ass off to be able to do that stuff. And that's why I made the, the cartwheel joke about Chris Evans. He clearly
2: puts in the wait time. Yeah. Why can't they train him on f- fights? Counterpoint, Scarlett Johansson this morning, I saw, uh, that she had said, you know what, we should focus on the acting and let stunt people do stunts. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. And I I, I understand that. But, like, you can't do a couple of karate chops and a fucking kick well, or we something Well, we know like she like can
3: cock guns. She's, yep. She mm-hmm. can cock the shit out of that gun. It's true um uh chris evans told us plainly in scott pilgrim versus the world what he does with yeah. these action scenes He he lets his other guys do it while he gets pleased in his winning <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah
2: when you see the stuff that you know keanu has been doing and you know even if you if it's hard to get insurance for for some of these crazy stunts you don't need a crazy amount of in- insurance for Just fucking do hand-to-hand what combat. what they're
1: doing. Oh, see, I both hate and love what they're doing on this new Indiana Jones movie because they've got, like, like a hyper-realistic, like, prosthetic mask on the stuntman. Really? And he looks like, from, from 30 feet out, he looks like Harrison Ford.
2: Really? I did not know this.
1: And, well, Harrison Ford's 112. No, no, no I understand that, but it, I didn't realize he broke his leg just contemplating a, a stunt <laughs> mm-hmm, the other day. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> He's like, oh shit! <laughs> and so, but I, I hate this because essentially, it's not really Indiana Jones so much anymore. But I also love it because it's perfect for those kinds of moments. We can have great action yeah. that doesn't necessarily cut. But I'm not pulled out of the movie by seeing the stuntman who clearly doesn't look like Harrison yeah, yeah, Ford.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I think I'm for this. Yeah. Mm Because there were a
1: lot of Instagram videos of her, like, pulling semi-tires and breaking trees over her knee and shit, (laughs) doing cartwheels. Doing
3: cartwheels. Mm. As
2: long as you can do a cartwheel,
1: that's fine. And do it in space. You
3: can do any action scene if you know how to do a cartwheel.
1: (laughs) I want to
2: see Chris Evans try to do a cartwheel now.
1: I bet he does a perfect cartwheel. I bet he could do an amazing cartwheel. I don't think he's
2: too top-heavy. He's too top-heavy? Yeah. No, not anymore. Actually,
1: you don't know what he's packing. He may be... He may be just right. <laughs> he may have center of gravity just
2: just right. Mhm. Mm-hmm. He's got a He does a cart where you see this giant mm
1: Mhm. Mhm.
0: Yep. Oops.
2: <laughs> Looks like the letter
1: M. Imagine going <laughs> imagine, imagine there being outtakes of the Watchmen movie and in- Dr. Manhattan is doing cartwheels in the background. His blue penis yeah. is just <laughs> f- <laughs> flopping Thunk. like a extra. Thunk. Did <laughs> you see uh, Seth Rogen's story yesterday about Paul Rudd? Mm-hmm. My God. That's so awesome. you see it, Barrett? I do. With the
3: background? Jesus.
1: <laughs> I feel like Paul Rudd is the like just the best dude ever.
2: Like, I want to know him.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like
2: People said the same thing about <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ah. Oh, oh,
3: oh no! Don't, no context.
0: Don't
3: don't don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? No context. I love, uh, it. I love it. it. There's a reason I scheduled it at three three thirty. If I scheduled it at, you know, if I I would have I would have scheduled it earlier if you know, but I felt like. I had planned everything out for the next couple of weeks. My writing, my mm-hmm. everything, whatever. I was like, today is going to be a day that I'm not going to do shit except <laughs> home stuff and whatever. Right. And um, and so I know I'm not writing today. I know, and I know that Wednesday might be a writing day because I'm going to have to get Mortal Kombat soon. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday looked like the day, even though I don't like doing stuff on Podcast Day. And it's like three three thirty. Is that good? I'm, I try to make sure with people who are working who yeah, aren't. Yeah, you know, yeah. Is this okay with you guys? Because I don't want this bullshit. Where like we can come early. I really want to come early. Yeah,
0: all right, I, dude.
3: Well, I was, I, Can we just do this another time? Like I've gotten that a lot of time Ah,
2: uh, me too. Yeah. Fuck them. <sighs> anyway, fuck them hard.
3: I know they don't want to come out here. I know. I understand. 3, 3, 30. They might be getting into some traffic shit they don't want to get into. They may have a party they want to go to or something. But mm-hmm. fucking hell, man. Yeah. Don't have your hours that way. Yeah. yeah yeah go shut shut down your fucking business <laughs> you
2: should go back to thompson lane yeah 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 shut down this fucking business what would right be
0: now. what
3: would be even funnier is if i drove out there during the time they're supposed to be here <laughs> that
0: would be hey, are you guys
3: there yet yeah <laughs> can you call your guys and see if they're out of yeah. my house yeah yeah <laughs> I drove down here so that we could drive me back to my house.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's like uh, Seinfeld going down to the uh, office to heckle the... uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) It still cracks me up that Seth Rogen, like, legit thought he had a shot to get cast in that role, like, because he wrote it.
2: Uh, Yeah. yeah, And
1: they wrote it years before they made it, and he tried, he, like, was still pulling for it, even though he was clearly too big and too old.
2: What's the age difference between Jonah Hill and... Seth Rogen, i don't know if think? it's big but it, in that movie no it i looks agree. like eight years yeah especially with like the fucking handlebar what's your guess on jonah hill's age i'm gonna say 36. 39
1: <clears throat> yeah you're closer i bet seth rogan's probably 44 no
2: he's 37 okay
1: oh that's a 36 that's pretty
3: close.
2: seth rogan is looks like a crusty 44 though oh. if he is <laughs> chris how old is seth rogan
3: I
1: think he was
2: born in 82 he is 39 he's two years older than jonah hill
1: wow but in Superbad, he looks eight he looks like he's a, yeah
2: yeah that's not <laughs> well maybe that makes that explains why he was pushing so
1: hard to, to play the role right yeah Because yeah, he's yeah. like
2: age wise i'm only two years older than this guy also <laughs> well, in 2000 what was that 2008 Superbad.
3: bad mm, i don't remember 2007
2: 2007 so he's 25 right <clears throat> and jonah hill was 23 And he was playing a fucking high schooler. Yeah, but Jonah
1: Hill looks like a 16-year-old in that movie. He does. completely pulls it off. Absolutely does. I don't know if we're going to be able to keep any of this, though.